Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Coming up on episode 305 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the Dodge Hornet, the Hyundai Santa Fe plug-in hybrid, the Kia EV9 and Saltos, and a little whoopsie with the Ford Expedition, the Honda Accord, the 2024 Jeep Wrangler, and a whole lot more. All that coming up next. Progress. Turning off these things that say I have a podcast right now. All right. This is episode 305 of Wheel Bearings. I'm Sam Abuel Sandwich from Guidehouse Insights. And I am Nicole Wakeland from the Road Reflective Podcast. And I am Roberto Baldwin from, uh, let's see, what's the big thing? Oh, I'll say Engadget this week, but it'll be the last week because next week I'll have another place, but I'll tell you later. Woohoo! Okay. Secrets, but we know and we won't tell. Secrets. Secrets. All right. Um, well, Robbie, last, I think last time uh, you couldn't talk about something that you had driven. That's true. Um, but now I think you can because it's there's a video up on Engadget and, and, and everything. Yeah, so I flew to Korea, which is a delightful country, um, to Excellent to drive. Ex- yeah. Oh my God, Korean food is so good. It is so um, good. Like everything they gave me, I was like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. Yeah. Um, but besides food, I drove the Kia EV9, the third row, the three row electric SUV coming to the U.S. market by the end of this year, which probably means 12 of them will be delivered like on <laughs> December 29th. That's usually how that works. Um, but in, you know, beginning of next year, you'll probably be able to pick one of these up if you, uh, if you're, if you're into it. Uh, by the way, this is one of those vehicles where everywhere people keep asking me about it. I was shooting a video of a, uh, Audi, uh, e-tron Q, Q8 e-tron 
and these people and I went to go throw a, a something away into the recycling bin and these people were like are you surveying what are you doing over there I'm like no I'm shooting video they're like oh what do you I'm like I'm a car blah 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 it's an electric car and they're like oh have you what do you know about the EV9 and they didn't the, the video had gone up that day they didn't know wow. who I was anything and they the two people out of three were like super into this vehicle like this is my dream vehicle and so yeah, so I flew all the way to Korea. I drove it, um, as you would expect from a Kia. It's uh, it's pretty good. Um, you know, there you, you is I that can't all just pretty good. It's it's really good. Okay, <laughs> it's really good. Um, there are some sort of caveats. I you know, I even mentioned these were really early in the video. Um, in Korea, it's they, these were Korean spec vehicles we were driving, which means that the uh, suspension is softer, and the acceleration. Uh, mapping is a bit uh more tame um the the fastest you can drive in korea legally is 60 miles an hour wow yeah really i didn't and, know that yeah no you the, the, it's you everyone it, yeah well it's about the same in japan too i think i think it's yeah like you can't you can't 10 kilometers an hour i think is the national speed yeah. limit yeah in korea it's 100 kilometers an hour so you're just like do do do. I've driven in Korea on a back road where it was 30 kilometers an hour. That's 18 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> just like what is happening? Oh my god, that's like just walk. So, so there's the you know. So there's a reason why they don't need a lot of acceleration. They're not really going all that fast. Um, and then there's a lot of speed bumps. Like everywhere, there are speed bumps. <laughs> like you just drive, there's speed bump. There's so bump, so you know it makes sense to have a softer suspension and not to really have this very aggressive uh, acceleration mapping. Uh, that said, it's really it's a really nice car. It was you know I drove it for hours and hours uh, around Korea. Um, the seats are really comfy. The interior is very spacious. Um, you know there's there's it's it it feels very light and airy inside. Um, even though it is a very large vehicle, uh, it doesn't feel as large as it is. Even with that soft suspension, we finally got like a little bit of like sort of back road driving with it. Um, and it, yeah, it, it corners really well for a vehicle that size, even with that soft suspension. So when it comes over here, it's going to be, yeah. Um, it has a uh, nearly uh, 100 kilowatt hour uh, battery pack. Hold on. It's 99.8, I believe. Hold on. Where's my article? Rounds up to 100. Yeah, yeah, I'm just close a, enough. Where is my article? Boop, there it is. It, I'm sorry, it's a script. Where's my script? Um, yeah, no, I, it was. I, I, uh, I really enjoyed the vehicle uh, quite a lot. Um, you know, they're 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 talking um, 300 miles of range for the uh, rear wheel drive version, and 270 miles of range for the all wheel drive version. Um, it's built on the 800 volt architecture. Um, Kia says that it'll charge from 10 to 80 percent in 24 minutes. Again, this is like a hundred kilowatt hour battery pack, so that's really, really quick. Um, and then, like all of the the recent Kias and Hyundai's, it has like you know little uh, what do you outlets so you can plug things in like toasters and margarita you got, makers. You got the vehicle to load capability. Yeah, you got the vehicle yeah. load capability. Um, no, it's and it has a. Now they say it's gonna at some point you can get on the GT line level three conditional um, uh, driver's assistance, which means eyes off, hands off, um, in certain areas. And so it's essentially what what Mercedes will have or Mercedes has, which you're gonna be on the freeway. It's gonna be only work on certain you know 
probably pre-mapped roads um, and only up to certain speeds. So, you know, it's mostly like I'm stuck in traffic. I want to check my emails and, and re reply to some texts. Um, not, you know, you're not going to be flying down the freeway like 100 <laughs> miles an hour. And, it, and it's it's equipped with LIDAR for that in addition to the camera yeah. and radar. Yeah, so it's it's equipped with, with lidar, so it, you know it has right, you know, like 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 Sam said, lidar, radar, cameras, the whole shebang in order to keep an eye on the road. Um, their latest, you know, the their latest version of driver's assistance is so much better than last than the last version. Um, I tried it out on the Ionic Six, the Hyundai Ionic Six, uh, a few months ago, and its lane centering is so much better. It's it's uh, it's um, I cannot, for some reason, I was doing the video and I couldn't even say this word. Adaptive cruise control. I had to, <laughs> <laughs> adaptive cruise words. control is just so much more refined than than in the previous version of the Hyundai Motor Group's driver's assistance feature or level two system. And so, yeah, so they're, you know, they're really sort of bringing it when it comes to their EVs over there at the Hyundai Motor Group. Uh, the EV9 um, is, it's it's comfortable. I do wish that the 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 chair, like, you know, the butt part um, felt a little, a, a little stiff, a little firm for my liking. I like a nice, you know, but uh, you start, you know, you throw it in, in sport mode, the side bolsters kind of, you know, tighten up and it, it's, it's, yeah, there's just like all the things you think you want from a car, it it has for the most part. So there is a weird thing that they did, though. <laughs> so they have, you know, this big, long piece of glass and they have your dash cluster and then you have your regular, you know, infotainment screen. And they've changed infotainment screen from having like a tablet outlet uh, layout where there's like, you know, icons on the top and bottom. It's just one row of icons. So now you're swiping, you know, more than you should be, to be honest, to get to certain things. Um, but in between those two displays is a little five inch touch, touch screen. And that is your climate control. So they're always available for you to look at. The problem is, is that the steering wheel blocks your, your vision of the climate controls. You know what? It's funny you say that because I haven't driven it, but looking inside it, I thought that screen was so cool, but I had that like, huh. Uh, you like, you got to sort of like, you got to yeah. move your head over to the right to see it. Now you can see, now, now for me, I could see the, the, um, the defrosters for both the front and the back of the, you know, the front, the windshield and the rear, uh, the rear glass. So those are sort of the main things anyway. And there's actual physical buttons for the fan and there's actual physical buttons for like the heat, you know, up and down to, for your temperature control. So you just set the auto and, you know, you just set your temperature control. And those are actual physical buttons that are underneath the infotainment screen. Those are easy to reach, easy to see. You can actually do things. That's a majority of what you're going to do anyway. But if you're the same person like, oh, I only want the air blowing on my foot, you got to like move your head over and then push the button. <laughs> <laughs> move your head back over to the oh, move to your the head over. It's yeah. very it's it's weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm looking at the pictures on the the Kia website, and they've got a picture you know showing the the front, uh, the, the the dashboard, and the perspective, the point of view of the photograph is like right from the center between the front seats. So somebody sitting in the back, you know, looking between the front seats. So you have a perfect view of that that little climate control touchscreen yeah. area there. Um, but of course, you know, as you said, you know. Your head as a driver should not be over in the center <laughs> of the car. It, Off to it, one it side. Should, it's yeah. such a it's a weird I mean, on one hand you're like, okay, so you're giving us, you know, access to these controls at all times. And you can also sort of bring up access from in, in the infotainment, but also it's blocked. Yeah. <laughs> 
And it's and again, most of us are sitting there. Yeah, at this point, most of us are just sitting. I know I, I just set it to auto, and then I just hit the temperature control that I want, and I sort of set it and forget it. So I, I don't, you know, I very rarely adjust the, you know, where the wind, you know, where the where it's being blown. Is it being blown at my face or at my, my torso or at my feet? I, I feel with the air vents it, all the time. I'm constantly. Oh, so for you, up. you're going to have like, it you're going to be like, yeah. Because like the so sun's on my face, pain. I like aim a vent right at my face. Then it's like it's gone around a tree. Okay, now I'm going to aim it down. I constantly fiddle with that. Yeah, see, I live in, in Northern California. It's 60 degrees. It's in the same overcast. all the time. No, it's yeah, not like that. Like nothing changes. Big trees and yeah, all sorts I, of I, issues. I think. I think this was a situation where, you know, they decided, okay, rather than having a separate, you know, stand up tablet style display in the center, separate from the instrument cluster, we're going to go with this, this all, you know, one big piece, you know, so yeah, it looks it's one like it's glass. but, um, you know, it's like, we've got this big chunk in the middle Little there, <laughs> what, you know, we, we can't just have there? this big chunk of black in the middle of this between the, the instrument cluster and the infotainment display. Let's put something there. Yeah, it's it's a very like, yeah it's a I mean you understand I understand why they did it. Um, that said, I I it's it's a yeah um, for for folks like me it's not that big of a deal. For folks like Nicole, it's going to be a pain in the butt. It'll drive you um, nuts. Okay, <laughs> it'll yeah, drive yeah. you nuts. I, I, I do like the the got a photo on here of the, uh, the the second row seats, and I'm I'm assuming that this is on like the the high end trim level because the seats are reclined back and they've got ottomans. So you've got foot rests for the second row seats like oh, yeah. have on the so, uh, Sedona. Yeah. So they, they, it's sort of difficult to sort of determine what is coming from, 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 from Korea and what isn't. So I'm sitting in the second row with driving while someone else was driving. Um, and in the seat, there was controls for both vibration and massage. And you could turn them both on, and it like jostled your innards. And I was with, uh, <laughs> I was driving with uh, with uh, Mark Takahashi, uh, and Mark Takahashi. I'm like, dude, you gotta sit back here and you gotta try these out. He's like, I don't like this. This is too much. It's too much. <laughs> no, too and much then, interaction. <laughs> and then we had someone else in the car, and I'm like, oh, you gotta try this. And he's like, I did it for a little bit. It's a lot. I'm, I'm like, so it's you don't have to use it. So I'm not 100 percent sure that is coming to the U.S. If it is, you don't, you can do one or the other. Or you can be like me and just do both and just have like, you know, you're, you have just, let your internal organs have a little party. I'm imagining so you a, like one of those, you know, those things outside a gas station, the big floppy man with the arm. <laughs> yeah, just, that's Robbie in the backseat. Ah! Uh, <laughs> so did they, did they give you any indication at all on pricing? No indication, nothing. They would not give me any information about pricing. Uh, there were, there was, you know, there you know the, these automakers, especially for a car like this, I think there's a there's a lot of buzz for it. You know, it's it's a th a three row SUV that people are going to be able to buy. You know, the ID Buzz isn't out until next you know summer, probably fall, and even then, you're not going to get one. I'm sorry, <laughs> you're not going to get one um, because they're not they're only making like a hundred thousand for the entire world per year. <laughs> it's such a small production run on that. It pains. Yeah, me. so you're so you're better off trying to get the if you know if you want the ID Buzz, just it's going to be two years. If you want the EV9, it's probably going to be, you know, maybe a year, probably less. Uh, that said, they're going to want to drag out the news for this, and that's what automakers do. They're like, oh, yeah. here's a here's a teaser photo, and here, do you remember the Bronco? Oh, it's like yeah, five oh. years of that. 
like they didn't even have a car yet. They're like the Bronco, and then like here's a tail light, and here's a here's a here's, here's a, a bolt from the right here's fender. Here's a bolt, yeah. <laughs> here's a picture of a horse. You're like, oh my god. <laughs> so they're yeah they they're gonna they're gonna sort of drag this thing out. Um, it the one I was in, it has the captain's chairs in second rows. It has room for six. Uh, the re- the way it's packaged in the rear, there's only room for two people to sit back there. You can't put three people in the back. Uh, if you get the bench in the second row, you can get seven in there. Um, I don't know. Just just don't take take one less person. Just get the just get the uh, take one less person. just don't take seven people. Just find, like, hey, just find hey, your least favorite hey, friend. Just get hey, rid of Gary. them. You don't need them. Gary, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, Gary. You can drive. You got a car. <laughs> if you got to take more than six, you know, just go buy a, a Ford Transit. Yeah, just get a transit. Um, let's see, tons of room. You know, with all three rows up, there's 20 cubic feet of space behind that third row. Um, when you fold everything down, there's 82 cubic feet of cargo space. Arr, arr, 82 so you could, cubic feet. So you could fit like a Miata back there. Um, you know, the Android Auto, CarPlay, uh, work. I have no idea if it's going to be wireless or not because the Kia Hyundai wireless, not wireless thing is just bonkers. Super confusing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you essentially just have to like get in the car and see what happens when you plug yeah. it in. Do I, do I need to plug this in or is it I like no? Okay, fine. Um, yeah, no, I really liked it. I think it's it's going to do uh, it's going to do really well. I um, I feel uh, – oh, another thing I think that the steering wheel should telescope out a little bit more. Boop! It didn't telescope out nearly enough. Oh. but at least it telescoped. Unlike the Colorado Trail Boss, which didn't at all. Um, I just wanted a little, just a scooch more. Just a tiny um, little bit. Just a scooch more. And again, a that's scooch. just for I think for most people, that's it's probably not going to be that big of an issue. I have long legs and long arms, but I don't like the straight arm while I drive. I again, like that little the, gangly guy in the. Blow I am up like gangly and the blow station. up. I'm the blow up guy. <laughs> like, hey, we got gas. Uh, um. Yeah, no, it's supposed to again uh, end of this year. Um, if you want all-wheel drive, 270 miles of range, which is really nice for a very large vehicle. Um, if you're, but if you're like, ah, eh, just gonna get rear-wheel drive, 300 miles of range, so you get three, 30 extra miles. Um, if you live somewhere where it snows or whatever, um, get snow tires. Just, get snow tires, but also um, if you get all-wheel drive, you don't have to put chains on in some places. So. Like in California. So if you're in California and you go snowboarding quite a lot and you want this, just get the all-wheel drive and put like, you know, winter tires on it. But if you get, if you get rear-wheel drive, they make, you, they make you put chains on. Just because most Californians don't have winter tires. They don't have snow tires on their cars because we're all going up to Tahoe to snowboard and ski and whatnot. So it's a whole it's, – it's for the bet. It's for the, the, the greater good. Unless, unless you live up in the mountains. You know, unless you live – like, It probably doesn't make sense to get winter tires – you know, for a few weekends a year. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine tried to try to convince me to buy winter tires for my for my uh, for my Subaru for my WRX, and then like a week later, he's like, "Oh, that's a dumb idea." And I was going up like twenty days a year, like snowboarding. Oh wow! And he's like, you know, I just threw all se- I had all seasons on it, and all wheel drive, and I grew up riding in snow, so it was fine. But that, you know, I, there's, there, yeah, there's a lot. You should get some. Anyway, anywho, uh, yeah, no, Kia EV9. It's gonna, it's really nice. It's, I, I'm assuming it's gonna be much. It's gonna be better, um, uh, handling wise and performance wise when it gets to the US. Uh, it has sport mode. I, why does a third road vehicle need sport mode? Because it just makes you feel like you're driving a sports car, even though you're not. 
you don't need sport mode you know, some, sometimes when you're hauling the kids around you just have to you know once you drop the kids off at school you just need to decompress escape a little bit put it in sport mode get that little bit of extra a little, a little something, something something yeah a little something something so yeah so that was like, to help the, restore your sanity just to help restore the sanity. Okay, all right, fine. But most of the time, you're just going to be cruising this thing around in normal or eco mode. And frankly, if you're somebody who has a, a lot of kids or you travel, you know, big family or you like me, you have dogs or you have gear that you have to move around a lot. Um, this is actually a pretty, hopefully a good deal. I have no idea how much, what's, what it's going to cost. because you can like never... It has to be because everything that they do is generally speaking a good deal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, to, yeah. To... I don't I think it's going to be cheap, but I think you're going to get it. It's going to be a good value compared to what everything else on the market, are, are they, which is nothing. <laughs> are they going to offer uh, like a standard range, you know, shorter range version, smaller battery? Um, that that's what I heard. I heard they're going to offer the the smaller battery, but again, um, so it'll probably be like the 78 kilowatt hour battery. Yeah, yes, yeah, so but you'll probably get like a 220. Yeah. Um, you know, range, which again, if you're just cruising around town, I think that's fine. But I think a lot, and even for long distances, because you have that that 800 volt charging, um, it's going to be great. Um, and Kia is allegedly already talking to Tesla. Of course they are. About, yeah. about an ACS or the yeah. Tesla, Tesla plug. Are we calling TP. it? What are we calling it? What it's is the official? NAX. 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 Are we saying, are we saying NACS or are we saying NAX? Like what is, what are we saying? I like saying NAX because I like the band, the NAC, but okay. I think we're saying that's, NACS. That's totally fair. But, but I also like saying M bucks. So for MBU. Oh, I like saying M bucks too. Cause M-Bucks but on video, I say the proper word. I say. What do they M-B-U-X. call it? MBUX? Mercedes yeah. Benz user experience. Yeah, the MBUX. MBUX. It looks like M bucks. M bucks. I got some M bucks I can only use at the Mercedes store, the which only is fine. M bucks. Yeah, you can't use them at <laughs> the You got to use a lot store. of them, though, because yeah. it's the Mercedes store. You need a lot of M bucks. <laughs> yeah. You need a quite a lot of M bucks. Uh, well, I don't M-Bucks. know. What is the exchange rate? I mean, maybe the exchange rate is such that you don't actually <laughs> oh, need very many M bucks. 50 is it cents based, is equal to one M's, M bucks. Is know. it based on the euro or based on the dollar? Because the dollar is more is stronger than the euro, but they're a German company. I, I'm going to go and with I the euro. And I feel like the Germans would want it based on the euro. I feel like if you're in Germany, you're going to get more you're gonna get more of it <laughs> if you're in the u.s but you are gonna hold have to pay a value your... added tax so you know, yeah. that adds up uh, yeah you so so if you have a bunch of n bucks wait till you visit germany and then spend them at the, the mercedes there you go yeah or there <laughs> and so our it's gonna be like wait our... where do we get n bucks you don't people we're messing with you like, it's like camel dollars camel bucks my dad my dad smokes like a chimney oh my god Chesterfield and he had King. all. He had so many camel camel dollars. They used to have kid. Chesterfield King little green coupon things that counted as dollars. Yeah. So my dad smoked, and it was just remember yeah. them little green little. coupon thing. M bucks. Uh, I oh. then I got home from Korea, and I immediately got into the Kia Seltos XSX Turbo All Wheel Drive. All Kia um, all the time. All Kia all the time. Um, and for some reason, in my brain, Kia Kia had made a, a PHEV of this vehicle. They have not made a PHEV of this vehicle. It's just, <laughs> I don't know why. Don't don't ask me like why I thought that was a thing. I was like, oh, I'm getting the PHEV. And people were looking at me like I'm a drunk person. And, and I know uh, why. And now I know why. And I, I got home and I'm like, oh, no, they don't have a PHEV. They just have two, they just have two motors. So I had the, uh, the fancy version. Uh, it starts at 29,990. It has a 1. Uh, six liter four cylinder turbocharged engine with 195 horsepower, 195 pound feet of torque, all wheel drive. Um, all the Seltos all have all wheel drive. So you oh, can get no the front LX. drive Seltos anymore? Nope. All wheel drive. 
They're all wheel all the time. Unless they, they change something. Hold on, let me double check. Da, da, da. Yeah, because the LX is all wheel drive. A minute ago, you thought it was a PHEV, so who knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> uh, but you can get the you can get the LX, which is sort of the base model, with the yeah. two-liter four-cylinder with 146 horsepower, 132 pounds-feet of torque, with all-wheel drive, with a starting price of 24390 bucks. So for, for less than 20 for, for, Yeah, I and mean, that's a decent-sized vehicle, and all-wheel yeah. all drive for that price. Yeah, that's a nice size. Yeah. Hey, settle down. Sorry, my dog's barking at air um yeah no for you know for for twenty five thousand bucks you can get an all-wheel drive like a good suv um you know it's 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 not sporty it's not like woo, but it is yeah i, I drag things around with it i drove it around um i only had a few times where i've like kind of wanted to kill the transmission um but for the most part the uh the transmission was fine um no it's it's got you know it's got an eight-speed auto transmission so it's not a cvt Yay. So that right there is is pretty great. Um, yeah, a few times it just felt like it was, you know, I just put it in sport mode, and then it just it has a sport mode. That's actually. literally the only reason for sport mode, I think, in SUVs is just to fix the transmission. <laughs> transmission <laughs> fix mode. Yes, because they just they just drag out, and then you're stuck between gears. So you're just like whining in like third gear or fourth gear Whee! around town. <laughs> you're just like, oh, this is driving me nuts. Um, yeah, no, I drove it around. It's uh, you know, I had the, it had the 18-inch uh, wheels, eight-speed transmission. Had it has roof rails, so you can put your your roof stuff on it. Um, let's see, the one I had also. What else did they throw in? Oh, I had the 18. Yeah, it does those Bose Premium Audio. Sure, why not? Uh, Smart Cruise with stop and go, um, which is uh, you know, before I remember one of the first times I used a Hyundai with uh, or a Kia. Same thing with adaptive cruise control. What it would do is it would stop when, you know, when you're in traffic with adaptive and then it would just turn off and then the car would just start creeping forward. <laughs> Nissans do that too. Um, yeah. So they stop they, that. They stay for about five seconds and then, it, you know, it start, starts creeping forward. Unless you have ProPilot Assist turned on, then it'll stay on indefinitely. Yeah. So now, so now it stops and then it goes when the car pulls away. So that's nice. Um, this one also had the additional sunroof. Um, powered lift gate, uh, digital key, um, ventilated front seats. Uh, you know, even for thirty thousand um, dollars, for the version I had, uh, yeah, you still get you're getting a lot of stuff in this Kia. It just feels like a much nicer vehicle. It's it, it, you know, it's it's more comfortable than it should be for for this price. It's you know, it's 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 better equipped. It's got a nicer interior than it should for this price for sort of. a so yeah, no, no, I was a, I was a fan of the little uh, the 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 Celtos. You got a lot of room in the back, put the seats down. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed the, the Kia Celtos. Um, but the Monroni they gave me didn't have a price. So apparently the car I have uh, was zero dollars. So I want that one, that exact model. Yeah. I would like, please. Yeah. So the so the the vehicle uh, I got starts at brand 30. new car with no car payment. No awesome. car payment. Uh, it says thirty, and then let's see. I'm trying to look and see if there's any what the upgrades were. Oh, the S S X sunroof was another twelve hundred. So so thirty three. So not thirty three. No, same thing. So thirty one and a half. That's for not all bad. the for the bells and whistles that I got in there. So that's nice. And you know, again, if you if you if you're uh, an outdoorsy person. And you you go up to mountains. This is all-wheel drive. 
especially in California, they're not going to make you put, you know, chains on, which again, huge pain in the ass. And it has a, it has bars across the top. So you can like, you can, you, you can just really quickly and very easily add, you know, your snow, your uh, ski racks, your snowboard racks, your kayak rack, your bicycle I'm rack. Down your gut and your drum kit, you know, your drum kit, your, your, your drum kit rack, your, uh, your yeah, rack all those choice. things, your rack of choice. Um, yeah, the roof on, on the old roof rails. And then finally, <sighs> yesterday I got a Ford Expedition, the 4x4 Platinum Edition. Um, I've already driven the Ford Expedition. Um, I asked the fleet, uh, the very nice fleet manager in my area, if I could get a large vehicle because I had to haul a bunch of gear up towards Yosemite because two of my bands are playing a music festival. He said, yeah, that's no problem. Here's the Ford Expedition Platinum 4x4. It has Blue Cruise. Mm. And so I drove that car for a grand total of 20 minutes. I was on my ah. way to go buy guitar picks. Um, and, and you felt and, it was so good. You don't have to evaluate anything else. You can give it back now. So right? just I can get, I'm done. Time. I'm done. I'm going to buy some guitar picks, and then I'm just going to leave it on the side of the road. Yeah. Uh, what happened was is that somebody was in – Someone apparently or allegedly, or this is what they told me, were they were cut off by another driver. And when that happened, they hit a car and then they I was in the right hand lane getting ready to get off the freeway to pick up my guitar so that so close. close. At Guitar so Center. Close. I was gonna cover my ears so I didn't have to listen to Stairway to Heaven being played a thousand <laughs> times by a thousand guitars. And this this uh, this other vehicle after he hit that first vehicle went flying from the left hand lanes into the right-hand lanes, and um, I slammed on the brakes. And instead of getting sort of sideswiped by them, I hit the uh, the rear quarter panel, and you know the front left uh, bumper or the front left fender of the vehicle got sort of smashed in. And so that was the end <laughs> of my drive <laughs> with the Ford Expedition, um, which is it's well, so it's a good reminder to, for a few things. A just be paying attention. There's like, there was nothing on the freeway. There wasn't a lot of traffic, which was unusual for the time. Um, so I was like, oh, okay. And I had, I, I had turned off Blue Cruise because uh, Blue Cruise along Interstate 80 in this section is just a big pain in the ass because some of the curves are a little bit sharper than Blue Cruise can handle. So it just turns itself on and off. It's just like always yelling at you. Well, it doesn't yell. It just <laughs> changes the color, the color of the dash change. And I, I'm just like I, – I, and most of the time when Blue Cruise is on, I just leave my hands on the steering wheel because I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> with hands free i'm like what am i supposed to do with these now just sit them in my lap but so i just leave them on the so i was just driving i had turned everything off because i was getting off the freeway and all of a sudden out of my left hand out of my peripheral i just see this car flying towards me i slam on the brakes it hit it i immediately i'm fine i didn't get hurt no one no one was hurt um except the car Except for the car. And my first reaction is like, oh, this is going to be a pain. <laughs> <laughs> so I pulled over. I got off the freeway. The person in the BMW got the free. Now, the car they hit before them, a silver uh, SUV, um, they pulled off the freeway. But they left their, their the rear of their car like in the right lane. And they were like – Oh God! They were shaken, so I didn't want to go back there and be like, "You need to get your goddamn car off the Out road of the, yeah. because you're behind me, and someone's going to hit your car, and then it's going to hit me, and everyone's going to get hurt." And like people, like so, so, so here's here here's here's everything you should be doing when you get get off the freeway, like safely, very safely, get off, get as far over 
and you're supposed to get out of the car and move over. But there was like a bunch of weeds. So I sat in the car with the seatbelt on. <laughs> it was hot. Um, but you're supposed to get out of the car, move over to the right. Um, do not leave your car ass in oh, <laughs> in the right-hand lane. If it's going to be in the lane, it should just be in the lane. But kind of in the lane is actually worse. Yeah. Um, and so that was uh, that was sort of of, of uh, sort of creepy. Um, I went and checked in to make sure everyone was okay. Everyone was fine. Uh, I immediately started writing down everything I remember, everything that happened. So that yeah. later on, like this morning, I had to fill out a form that said, you know, what happened. Um, because you're just like, you're full, uh, your, your adrenaline's like going, you know, a thousand mm-hmm. miles an hour. Um, so write everything down, take pictures of everything. I took pictures of the car. I took pictures of the road. I took pictures of their car. I took pictures of driver's license like insurance um you know where i was so take pictures of the the smartphones are great for that so you don't not like writing stuff down you can just take a picture of it and i immediately start sending it all to the fleet manager but for you take pictures of document everything as much as you can um talk to the people see if they're okay um and they they apologized to me and then they told me that someone had cut them off and which is like yeah that happens on this road all the time because people are bonkers um <laughs> drivers now and in just in general uh so yeah no get off freeway and then because i was able to i pulled off the freeway into like a commercial park and i had uh, some dis- disappointing taquitos while i waited for a tow truck oh bummer <laughs> <laughs> they're disappointing. I was just like, oh man, or like soggy or something, or just not much. No, they just weren't very good. They were, they were, they were, they were uh, papas con chorizo, but they just said potatoes and chorizo, uh, taquitos, and I thought they would be better, and they were not. And I waited a long time. For them. <laughs> <laughs> and I was oh, like, oh. disappointment. Well, oh. I'm just glad everybody was okay. Nobody was hurt. Everyone was okay. No one was hurt, which is a good uh, reminder of how well engineered uh, new vehicles are. Um, a few years ago, Toyota did like a sort of comparison. I think it might have been of a Camry or maybe it was Corolla. I can't remember which where they, they wrecked an, a new one and then they wrecked an old one. And you could see the Stark. And the old one was only like, I think, 10 years old. But the difference in how much uh, um, how much the collision was transferred to the passengers was was sort of uh, alarming. So, you know, when when you're thinking, well, if you're. Well, you know, new cars, they're big, which is true. They are, they are much bigger than they used to be. Um, but there's, you know, there's, there's, there's also uh, a lot going into all these cars that make them safe, regardless of how big they are, you know, for, for a long time, people are like, oh, only big cars are safe. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. I watched this, I watched a smart car run into a, to a cement uh, divider at 70 miles an hour and the door still opened and closed. So, you know get off you know don't don't think just because you're i was driving a ford expedition i was safer than if i had been in say something else uh yeah, yeah so that was I, my that was my last two weeks <laughs> yeah. I, I i was at a, a honda safety event at their tech center in ohio um back in 2019 and they did a crash test with um a, a civic coupe and they did the the 40 mile an hour small small uh small small offset rigid barrier test which is a really severe test it's really hard to pass mm-hmm. um you know where you've got a 25 percent overlap so one quarter of the car is overlapping the concrete barrier and you slam into that at 40 miles an hour and you know that's the kind of test that used to be you know that kind of crash which is actually fairly common of real world crashes where you know somebody you know two vehicles coming at each other and one 
crosses the center line, you're going to have that kind of small offset. That that in that case, same thing. The the doors, the driver's side door opened up just fine. Not a problem at all. Like the front of the car is decimated, but that's what yeah. the car is supposed to do. It's right. you, you want you want to sa- yeah. you want to sacrifice the the metal, not the humans inside the car. Yeah, the idea yeah. is that the the car looks like crud, and you just wedge the door open and the, get out, and you're the fine. hardware can like, be replaced. Yeah, you yeah, cannot. yeah. Mm-hmm. You you yeah. I was completely fine. The people in the the other vehicle, they were very shaken up because they were just screening back and forth across the freeway, so they were a mess this couple and I felt bad for them. And I, I it seemed like I, I think they were telling the truth when they said that they had been cut, they had been cut off or maybe they just made like a little mistake. And that's all it takes is for a little mistake. You, to, when you're, to when sort you're of cut off, barrel you, out of control. Well, like you react, like if you're just zone, like in the zone driving and someone cuts you off and you suddenly like, you don't think I should react calmly and coolly and just go yeah. just enough out of their way. You, your first reaction is like, Oh gosh, get out of the way. And you, you veer to ones now. Yeah. It's easy to do that. It's easy yeah. to get into that back and forth overcorrection. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're like, you, in, in, in the, the average driver doesn't deal with any sort of real performance driving. Even the people who are driving hundred miles an hour on the freeway, they're going right. in a straight line. And so when things go sideways, it's really bad for them because they don't have the sort of experience that you would have if you did a lot of performance driving on tracks, by the way. This is not like on the road, like on a track. Yeah. To sort of understand. <laughs> you understand how like weight distribution works and, you know, oversteer, understeer, that sort of thing. And, you know, we're, I think we're fortunate because we, we get that we get those opportunities that, you know, the average person doesn't get them and they just don't really teach it anymore. They do not. That said, uh, be safe out there. Um, I don't. When is this one going? When is when is this podcast going? On? As, as soon as I uh, get it edited. So, All right. So, so it's yeah. So it's 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 Fourth July weekend. Be safe. There's a lot of people traveling. Uh, yeah, sometimes people careful. have a little bit too much to drink. So just be very extra. Be extra vigilant this weekend uh, because you don't want your Ford Expedition getting smashed into by a BMW X1. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, there. There. I remember back uh, about ten years ago, uh, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety did a crash test where they, they crashed a 2009 Chevy Malibu into a 1959 Chevy Bel Air. And, you know, that kind of small offset crash. Yeah. And I'll, I'll include a link to that video in the show notes, but you can see, you know, the difference between the protection that occupants in a modern car get versus an older car. It's <laughs> the, what happens to that 59 Bel Air is just scary. amazing. Yeah. 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 It's it's like if you have an old car, like I'm just like, don't you should be driving, I think, like at the most 50 miles. An hour. <laughs> First of all, because it's old and there's there's very few of them. And, you know, you have tra- terrible brakes and they have terrible, terrible steering. Bra- and- you know, you got to remember, oh, I'm braking in three blocks. I better start now. Um, yeah. But also, you know, if you you don't want to get in an accident, one of those things, because there was just, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, the car stood up great. Yeah. But the people inside are milkshakes. Yep. And that's not what you want. No. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right. Nicole. Yes. What about you? What have you been driving? So I have been driving the... Did you cut anyone off eastbound on Interstate 80? I did not. It wasn't me. Okay. So, all right. It wasn't me. I cut no one off. I'm not an interstate 80s, but at least on it. Yeah, Sam details. Um, (laughs) So I was driving uh, this week, the 2023 Honda Accord, which is um, all new this year. And they made a lot of changes to it. I feel like sedans get sort of, um, you know, nobody wants sedans anymore. Everyone wants SUVs, but the Honda Accord, like if you want a sedan, good sedan. I see you raising your hands. I I still want sedans. You still want sedans. Sedans are dope. And the but new Accord, I've seen it out in the. I haven't driven good. it yet. It looks guys, so. I really like the way it looks. It's really good. It looks I, really nice, so and it, I. And yeah. I had a cool color. I had. Wait, I'm trying to find the color because I wrote it down here. It was oh, it was called Radiant Red, which is um, not Mazda Crystal Soul Metallic, but it's whatever. Good, it, and it's, it's like a. It's nice. It's like 455 bucks. I totally pay 455 bucks for that paint. Yeah. Um, so they they redid like everything because it's an all new all these everything gets touched uh, you know, the front end looks a little bit different the tech is a little bit different everything gets an upgrade there's nothing really dramatic in terms of the changes but all little iterations better which is what you want because it's not like the Accord was a terrible car to begin with it's already really good so like improvements are going to be small improvements as you start moving up the scale not overly dramatic uh, so I had the hybrid sport. Uh, which has 204 net system horsepower, 247 pound-feet of torque. And I drove this thing because I had it actually because they did a little mini drive program here in the Northeast. And there is a place, it's spelled like Accord, A-C-C-O-R-D, in Accord, New York. But it's actually called Accord. And bazillion years ago, Accord, which I can tell you why in a second. But so they... They, when they originally launched the Accord, they had it there and they did pictures under various signs that said Accord New York because it was the name of the car. And so we actually had a chance, uh, the, our Honda guy arranged it so that we could see some of the original spots where they filmed and photographed things. Like and back was, in the 1976 Accord? Yes. They were on that first yes, gen Accord, which, by the way, gen. amazing car. I love that car so much. Yeah. They even had the original brochure. I'm telling you guys, wow. the, men's, the hair, the men's hair, whoo. They've got some style and, <laughs> and like, like, oh, there's, I'm like, wow, these were fancy people driving the Accord. So, um, but they had the original pictures. It was a different things. time. It was a different time. <laughs> and uh, so we got to see that. And we talked to the person who is, they had some people, they have a historical society that's actually really robust there. And they're really, really proud of the fact that there is that tie-in with their town in the Honda Accord. So oh, that's, that's why cool. they have original, they even had one picture like, like, you know, be a giant long wall picture you put above your couch, like size like that, that somebody had blown up. That was one of the images from the brochure and they had it in their dad's basement. And the people like, do you want it? And they're like, yes. So they have it in their little museum with the brochure and photographs and what the buildings they were photographed in front of were before they were in the Honda Accord flyers. So it was really neat. And the reason it's called Accord, not Accord 
the town is because whenever they were settling what they were going to call the town, which was quite a few years ago, the town was incorporated in like 16 something. It's a, it's old, it's an old New York town. And they were trying to decide what to call the town. And like group a wanted to be calling it one thing and group B wanted to be calling it another thing. And whoever was in charge of deciding which of those things said, there's so much discord in this town. We're going to call it Accord. Get it. That's the local lore. I don't know if that's, I mean, you can't go back in time. So um, I'm just going to say that sounds fine. I think that sounds fine. So, uh, so I drove it. I don't know most stories I've heard, but. Right? I mean, it's plausible. So this place is about uh, three hours and 45 minutes away from home for me. So I drove three hours and 45 minutes there and three hours and 45 minutes back. So I genuinely had a really, that's, that's not a huge road trip, but that's some time behind the wheel in one sitting. And they've done all this stuff to improve the seats in the Honda Accord. I'm going to rave about these seats being ridiculously comfortable. I It was just me. I wasn't trading off drivers with anyone. It was all me. And I realized, like, I stopped and pulled over just to stretch because you're supposed to. You know, you shouldn't ride in the car for hours without getting out. And realized I was not stiff at all. And then I was only there for 24 hours. Drove in day one, drove back day two. Even at the end of day two, I felt like absolutely no fatigue from that. Normally, if you drive that much on highways on a road trip two days in a row, you kind of feel it. You're kind of like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These seats are so comfortable. Like they did all sorts of fancy stuff to get like the way your pelvis tilts to be right so that you don't Uh, have as much weight on your back and to even reduce so that your arms are more supported so that your arms aren't having to do as much work when you're steering and that your head bobble is a little bit less like things that you don't consciously know are different, but your body knows and your body's like, thank you for buying this car. Um, See, that's and that's I, I get out of a lot of cars where I'm like, all right, this wasn't great for me for my body type, but you know, for other people, it might be fine. And sometimes I get up car and this sucked. This is horrible. This should not be, you know, right. people I've, shouldn't drive I've this car. A, I've long been a fan of Honda seats. Uh, yeah. But, you know, for the most part, the, the fit is one of the few exceptions, you know, because they, it's smaller, you know, the seat cushions tend to be a little shorter, but pretty much every other Honda I've driven has always had really good seats and are very comfortable, very supportive in all the right places, at least, yeah. at least for my body type. Yep. Yeah. And I really, I genuinely liked it. Like I, I was looking for it. I like road trips, but I thought, gosh, this was an easy road trip. Like this is super easy. Um, yeah. It had, so that was a big thing. They have a new um, 10.2 inch digital or a digital touchscreen. That's not what that should say. I believe that's supposed to say digital instrument cluster. <laughs> um, I mean, you could touch it. Nothing will happen. I mean, but nothing's you won't gonna be able happen to... if you touch it. I'm like, look at my own notes. I'm like, that's not what it is. Um, there's also a 12.3 inch um, infotainment touchscreen on there. That's this nice big touchscreen. Um, <laughs> so the volume knob. Once upon a time, what was the car, guys? Honda didn't Honda ditch the volume knob in the they, world? So, so what they did is they ditched it for like a little slider that was to the left of the that's, infotainment screen. That's what our Civic has. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I had the R Civic for that. And what ended up happening that entire drive, I ended up driving that car to my hometown, which is like three and a half hours away. Yeah. And what I ended up doing is I kept turning up the heat. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And I think they I think so enough people complained, but by the next year they 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 put an actual knob. So there yeah, is well, still a knob on this one. And the kind of funny thing, so the screen is, you know, mounted upright like a screen, and there's a little bit of a lip from the dashboard that sticks out. A tiny little bit and the volume knob is like flat on that dashboard like on top of it's tiny little volume knob but they're like we did not get rid of it it's right there you can still play with it well in, in 2017 when they launched the previous generation crv not the current one you know at that point 
you know, we already had our civic, you know, and it, they'd had that, that um, touchscreen audio system for a couple of years in various models, including the, uh, the fit and the, the civic and a couple of others. And when um, uh, they were, they did a reveal of that CRV here in Detroit mm-hmm. uh, in 2017 at Eastern market. And when they, uh, it was John Mendel, who was the head of Honda of America at the time. Uh, and he's going through, you know, the highlights of, of the new CRV. And he said, and we've got a new audio system in here with a volume knob and everybody <laughs> cheered yeah. all the media in the, in the in shed three. We all cheered. Said, yeah, all right. Finally, volume a volume knob. Knob. like all this impressive stuff. We did this, this, and, this, and that was like the headline on all knob. the stories about the new CRV. <laughs> it gets back a volume knob. See, volume knobs are important. So it has them, but it's just like the way it's just put on there, like it's everything so clean. It doesn't look, it looks totally fine, but it's like, it's just tucked there. Like we left it guys. Everyone calm down. Like I literally hear a designer's thoughts as I saw that little volume knob sitting there. Um, So it has, you know, it has, it's, I think the thing that it is, that it does well, it has good power. I mean, I'm driving on interstates across Boston through parts of New York where you have to be aggressive in how you drive like you can't be a leisurely laid back driver and it has plenty of power i was driving that that hybrid engine it moves i really liked it, it gets good fuel economy it's rated up to 51 city 44 highway so it's gonna you know you're gonna save money on gas i this is a really like you're looking for a sedan this is a favorite sedan like i really really like this one the way i had it mine was a 33 445 so it's that's pretty affordable. It's not outrageous. And you talk about the prices of cars these days and how so many of them are so expensive and you have to go all the way to the highest trim and suddenly your very affordable car is not because to get a minimum of features, you've moved so far up the lineup that suddenly you've spent an extra $10,000 on the stupid thing. This, you don't have to, I mean, there's 10-way power seats and it was, you know, the power, the comfort, the big infotainment screen, it's got good safety. Like it has all the features you want and you could genuinely road trip in this. Like, I feel like if you're someone who either did road trips with kids in the back or just does a lot of driving, you're, you have a long commute or you're often going away for a weekend and you're driving three or four hours. This is the perfect car because it has like you, a sedan, it still has a good trunk. There's a lot of room in there, but your priority when you have a sedan is to have a comfortable spot for people. You want it to be nice to drive. You want it to be comfortable for people. Yeah, you want there to be room in the trunk, and there is. But you just want there to be a nice, comfortable, easy-to-drive, serene experience for people. And that's exactly what the Accord does. So I am I am a fan. I was really happy. After driving it that long, I thought, I'm either going to really, really like this, or I'm going to find everything to not like about it, because it's just enough time that the things that are irritating become well and truly irritating after like, you know, four hours in a car. And there was nothing that I found irritating. I liked it. I, I really like the Accord. So go Accord. What about go the infotainment Accord. system? I didn't find the infotainment system hard to use. Why? Do you not like the infotainment? No, I, I haven't actually had a chance to try this new one yet. This this is the first model that they've launched with their new Android automotive-based system. Yeah. So so it's got, you know, Google Assistant and Google Play Services, Google the Play Store and everything. So you I didn't, can download apps directly into the infotainment system. Yeah, I didn't play around with downloading apps. I was literally just using it, you know, the usual, like, you know, connecting my phone and, you know, getting directions on there and, you know, um, listening to the radio and to, you know, listen to streaming stuff from my phone. So I did find that it was, I did like the switch, like um, some, it depends on the vehicle. And sometimes when you switch from like Apple CarPlay mode to wanting to use the car's native system, it can be a little bit tricky 
like you can't find it or it's like it's not easy to do this is very easy to do if you want to switch back and forth which i always like um because if you want to like change the radio or something like that and you want the native system not your carplay screen uh so i i really liked it i thought it was good i thought it it like i said it checked all the boxes i feel like it's it's a good it's a very solid choice and i i feel like it's a good value like honda's not the cheapest guy on the block but it, i i feel like you're getting a good you know it's a solid reliable car the ride is good all these things i feel like it for thirty three thousand four hundred and forty five dollars i would buy this cool yeah right. bam bam right. there you go <laughs> well i was uh double booked last week and i had uh two cars um that overlapped uh, so first up was the Dodge Hornet GT plus. Um, this is the, you know, the Hornet is the first new Dodge in like about a million years, I think. Um, it, or I think, I think the last new model that Dodge launched actually was the dart, which didn't work out so well for Dodge. Um, so <clears throat> this is the, uh, the Hornet, um, which is essentially a rebadged Alfa Romeo Tenali. Uh, and from what I've heard, the people at Alfa Romeo were not thrilled when Dodge decided to uh, have their own version of it. Um, but uh, at any rate, it's here. Um, currently, you can get the the GT and GT Plus trim levels, which have the um, the two liter turbo four cylinder kind of you know Stellantis's global two liter four cylinder that is in all kinds of stuff now including the jeep wrangler and uh it's, it's in the the four by e wranglers and grand cherokees and um all, all kinds of vehicles across the stellantis lineup uh and in this case it's mounted transversely and produces uh 268 horsepower and 295 pounds feet of torque um which is, is pretty good uh you know i like the size of the hornet I, mm -hmm. I like the way it looks. Um, I think the, the powertrain was good. It's paired up with the nine-speed automatic. Uh, at some point later this year, they're all, also going to bring the Hornet RT, which is a plug-in hybrid, um, Which and that plug-in hybrid will be the only powertrain that they offer in the Tenali for the North American market. Originally, the Tenali was supposed to have both the gas engine and the plug-in hybrid, but now it's only getting the plug-in. Um, so... The GT starts, the Hornet GT starts at just over $30,000. Um, the one that I drove was a little bit pricier than that. Uh, in fact, uh, let's see, I since they did not supply a uh, um, a Monroney with this one, uh, I had to go through and price it out on the Dodge website. And now I can't find it. It, uh, it, it oh, there it is. Um, it came out to a grand total of $41,665, which- So more. Yes, a little <laughs> bit more. Um, you know, so this is a, a compact crossover. Uh, I love the the Acapulco gold exterior paint. That was that was great. Um, you know, and it had, it's, the GT Plus, you know, has uh, its all-wheel drive. It had, uh, you know, a number of options on there, including the- black or sorry abyss finish aluminum 18 inch aluminum wheels um and uh the interior you know is slightly different from the uh from the tenali uh so for example on the alfa romeo uh as on the tenali as they did when they launched the uh the julia and the stelvio 
they put the engine stop start button on the steering wheel. It's in the, the lower left quadrant, just below the left uh, spoke of the steering wheel is where you get the stop start button. Mm-hmm. Well, in order to distinguish the Dodge from the Alfa Romeo, the Dodge gets its stop start button on the center console where it typically is on most cars. And that location where the Alpha has its uh, stop start button is now the sport mode button. So, you know, little little details like that, that, that they separate the two. Um, you know, interior room I thought was good. The seats were, were fairly comfy and supportive. Um, my, my only real complaint with this car was I thought the suspension tuning was a little off. Um, it seemed to have more dive, more squat, you know, when you're accelerating and braking, um, mm. more body roll than I expected. Um, and it, it just seemed like the, the damping was a, a little bit off. You know, I thought, you know, the spring rates were, were fine, you know, in terms of its, its ability to absorb potholes and bumps and things like that. Mm. But um, I think it could have used a, a little more, a little more work on the damping to kind of tighten everything up or, um, you know, maybe maybe some stiffer anti roll bars. I'm not not quite sure what, because um, it just seemed to, to the body seemed to flop around a little bit more than I expected uh, in this thing, especially given you know that it's it's intended to be fairly sporty. You know, it yeah. looks it looks sporty, and you know it's a Dodge. You know, so you know it's not not a not a muscle car like the Challenger or the Charger, but you know it's still intended to. You know, the Dodge brand is supposed to be a sportier brand. And it just felt like the body was moving around a little bit more than I wanted. Um, the, uh, you know, the infotainment system worked great. You know, it, it's the same Uconnect 5 that you find on, you know, most newer North American Stellantis vehicles. Um, so, you know, it's based on Android Automotive, but it doesn't use Google Automotive services. So you got TomTom Maps and uh, Amazon's Alexa voice services. And, you know, the the maps... Um, you know, they're not as good as Google Maps. I think the TomTom Maps, you know, is not not quite as precise in some locations. Which uh, is crazy because they've been doing maps for a bazillion years. Yeah, they they have, but uh, uh, you know, it just didn't seem to work quite as good there. Uh, but you know, support for wireless Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. Um, so you know, once you get your phone paired up, you know, start the car and it's you know it hooks up to the infotainment system as soon as it boots up. Um, rear seat room was good. You know, I'm five eleven. I was able to sit very comfortably. And, you know, had plenty of room behind myself. Uh, you know, with the driver's seat set for my my position, um, I had plenty of leg and headroom and shoulder room. Uh, decent cargo space in the back. So, um, you know, the the one that I had um, had the uh, uh, black leather seats. Um, the uh, the UConnect. Uh, five uh with the nav you know that's uh, so that's optional um it had the adaptive cruise control um and supposedly um lane centering uh but <laughs> the the lane centering didn't, didn't supposedly didn't, didn't seem to actually do anything to really try to keep the vehicle in the in the in the lane um it you know it does have uh you know drowsy driver detection which is based on the on the uh the steering wheel uh, interestingly, even though it doesn't really do much in terms of lane centering, um, it it has like a, a bunch of other recent Stellantis vehicles. It does have uh, capacitive sensors in the steering wheel. So when you're using the um, 
uh, or actually, sorry, I was confused with the other vehicle. This one, the lane centering actually did work quite well. Uh, it was the other vehicle I'm going to talk about where it didn't really seem to do much. On this one, the lane centering worked, worked quite well. Um, and you could, it wants, this is supposed to be a hands-on system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you're not supposed to go hands-off with it when you're driving on the highway. But, you know, basically I could just put one fingertip on the steering wheel so that the capacitor sensor was detecting that my hand was there and just drive down the highway and it would follow the the lane with no problem at all. So all right. it actually worked really well in this one. Um, you know, and usually I kind of kept, you know, my, my hand you know, kind of beside the wheel, touching it, not necessarily gripping it, but, but touching it, you know, so I could, if I needed to, you know, immediately grip the wheel and, and take control. Um, so that, that part worked really well. Um, as I said, I love the Acapulco gold metallic finish, uh, and the black, painted uh, hornet badges on the fenders um cool little car and i think with a little bit of additional work on the suspension tuning um i think you know this this could be a lot of fun and i'll be i've heard i've talked to some people that have driven both this and the tenali and i'm not sure if you've driven both uh yet robbie i haven't uh, driven either of them oh okay yeah uh, i know but, I, but, I gotta get i gotta get together <laughs> yeah i mean I, I was talking to uh to roman micah at the jeep program this week and um you know he's he's driven both and he said yeah the tonali it seems much better controlled so the suspension tuning on the tonali is better so we'll see we'll see if what they change you know if they change anything for the rt um mm-hmm. which is the plug-in hybrid which is closer to what we're going to get with the tonali um if they if that one is is tighter at all than what we get uh with the with the hornet gt um but you know i mean if you're if you're looking for you know, a compact crossover that is something a little bit different from, you know, all the rest of the stuff out there. Um, you know, this is definitely worth a look. Um, and yeah, I said the, the price, you know, at almost $42,000 is a little on the high side, you know, equipped as this one is, um, you know, you can, you can get the, the GT starting, you know, at about 30,000. So I think, you know, if you're a little more judicious, you know, with the options, um, then, you know, you can, you can probably get an, a reasonably equipped one in the mid thirties. And I think that's, you know, that's a little better value. You know, it certainly doesn't feel cheap inside. The materials are nice. You know, everything's nicely finished, good fit and finish on the car. Um, and um, let's see what they have the, uh, the summary with the uh, destination charge. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't see it on here because I had to do a build on the uh, on the Dodge website. Um, mm-hmm. I think the destination charge is like $17.95 on this thing. So uh, that is the Dodge Hornet GT Plus. GT Plus. Well, the plus is well, it's extra cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> plus plus more dollars. Plus more dollars. All right. Um, the other car that I drove was also a crossover, slightly larger. Um, this was the Hyundai Santa Fe plug-in hybrid. And uh, this is the one that um, the lane centering didn't really seem to do much of anything. Um, oh, so see, it's the old it's the old Hyundai. So it's not yeah. very good, is it? <laughs> not not in this one. I've, I've driven some Hyundais that actually do quite a good job with lane centering. Um, you know, and it just on this one, it just doesn't really seem to do much. Uh, it's just kind of there. Um, the, the rest of <laughs> the rest of it was great though. 
uh you know it's a nice size it's you know this the santa fe um you know is a two row kind of um mid-size crossover you know so bigger than the tucson um you know it's very roomy inside a lot of cargo space in the back um which uh was was actually useful because i had to go um and pick up a new uh rain barrel that i ordered and it fit in the back even without folding the back seats down it fit right in the in the cargo area you know so this is like a 55 gallon drum you know rain barrel um and it it fit in the, the back of the santa fe with no problem at all so the um the santa fe plug-in hybrid um powertrain is um let's see and this was the uh the limited um for the plug-in hybrid it's got um 261 horsepower total um with uh let's see it's a 1.6 liter turbo four-cylinder uh plus uh 66.9 kilowatt so 90 horsepower electric motor uh all-wheel drive on this one it's a 13.8 kilowatt hour battery which is you know on the the smaller side compared to a lot of the current plug-in hybrids Mm -hmm. uh but but not bad it's epa rated at 31 miles of uh electric driving um i got about uh 29 uh in my testing but that was uh, that was also, you know, I took it out, um, you know, not long after we got it, had to make a drive halfway across Michigan um, because our daughter went to this music festival on the west side of Michigan. And when she, when they got there, she and her friends, when they got there, they were unpacking. They realized that they forgot a couple of important items. Um, and so we agreed to meet halfway. So to drive about 100 miles uh, there to to hand over some stuff and there was no problem at all with room in the back seat. It was comfortable for, you know, what ended up being, you know, round trip, a uh, little more than a three hour drive, almost three and a half hour drive. Um, you know, and you know, my wife went with me it was very, very comfortable to, to ride in, um, you know, the fuel economy, um, on the highway, you know, drive, driving, it was almost entirely a highway drive was not exceptional. Uh, but you know, again, you know, it's a hybrid, you know, a highway drive, um, with air conditioning on cause it was fairly hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was averaging just shy of 30 miles per gallon, um, which is, is fine, but not, like I said, not exceptional. If you're yeah. doing more around town driving, it should do significantly better than that. Um, you know, it's, it's EPA rated at 33 combined. Um, you know, if you're around town and getting more regen, you're going to probably going to, you know, get closer to upper thirties with that. Um, it says 30 rated at 31 miles of electric range, um, charges at 3.6 kilowatts, uh, which is modest, but you know, for a plug-in hybrid with a, a not huge battery, it's fine. You know, it'll do a full charge in a couple of hours, uh, for most people. Um, so this one, um, since it was the limited um, and they also did not provide a Monroney for this one. Uh, let me find the right tab here. I got too many tabs open. Um, let's see somewhere <laughs> here. Build your own Hyundai. There it is. Okay. <laughs> Build your own Hyundai. <laughs> so 2023 Hyundai Santa Fe plug-in hybrid limited with all wheel drive uh, came out to a grand total of $49,195 which is pretty steep. And, yeah. you know, since mm. the, you know, unfortunately the plug-in hybrids, uh, you know, all, all the plug-in 
vehicles or most of the plug-in vehicles from Hyundai, Kia, Genesis uh, are still built in Korea. So most of the Santa Fe's gas engine Santa Fe's are built in uh, in Alabama, but the plug-in hybrids still come from Korea, which means that it is not eligible for uh, federal tax credit unless you lease it. If you lease it, you can get the $7,500 tax credit on it. If you do not lease, um, then you will get nothing and you will pay that full $49,195. And would you like to guess it what the freight charge is on this? Oh, oh, oh. I'll say $995. Oh, I was going to say $995. So hostess without going over. Say $996. $996. That's what I was going to say. And Nicole wins it. $1,335. Yay. Um, Yeah, the the only option on here, on the the one that I had, is the Limited comes with pretty much everything. The only option accessory option they had was uh, the rear cargo cover screen, which is $190. Um, Everything else built in. Uh, from the factory um and uh it's it's a you know if you can stomach the price um you know if you're looking for something in this you know a mid-size suv crossover you know that'll do most of your driving on electricity alone um this is actually a, a really interesting uh solution so let's see let me change the trim the base the sel um which is the uh the base trim the, for the plug-in hybrid starts at forty-two thousand four ten, uh, so that's um, you know that's a little more palatable, um, and you know, like I said, for for most people, it'll do most of your driving on electricity alone. You know, so you'll get most of the benefit you would have of say an Ionic six, um, and then when it's time for a road trip, you just keep on driving. Dun, dun, dun. That is the Santa oh. Fe plug-in hybrid. Oh, that was the saddest little whine at the end from your dog. <laughs> I'm going to let him out. Come on. Go out with Nico. No, I, right. I like, I'm still a plug-in hybrid fan because I think it's nice that most, like, you, I, the idea to be able to use gas when you want to use gas, use, use electric when you want to use electric, and they, that has enough of a range. Even like you said, you got, what, 29 out of 31, Sam? With yeah, and that was in, in mostly highway driving. So yeah. around town, uh, you know, I think if I was – Driving around town and could be a little more gentle with it. Uh, I could probably get you know, thirty three, maybe thirty four miles out of it because I've, in the past, you know, the same powertrain in the Sorento. Um, I think I you know on my usual test loop that I do, which is a mix of highway, urban, suburban driving. Uh, I think I got like thirty seven out of that one, and that's you know similar sized vehicle. Yeah. See, and that like most of the time, you think about how much driving you do in an average day. That's there's so much of the time you're going to be able to just use that that EV and not have to worry about ever using gas. You know, yeah, that's eight, pretty cool. 80% of American drivers drive less than four or 80% of Americans have less than 40 miles a day of driving. Yeah. So, so it's still, it's I still cover think, most of your driving. I still think PHEVs are like the way to go right now. I love yeah. them. Did you know you can support wheel bearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheel bearings media and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. All right. Well, speaking of, of PHEVs. Yes. Um, have. You, own, you own one. I and do. We, and I think we both got a chance to drive one uh, in the past week. Um, that uh, That is the 2024 jeep wrangler 
Um, I think we both both did that drive program, right? When's the embargo on that? Why did I think we that couldn't talk about that for a million years ago? Yep, for some two days reason? ago, it was yesterday. Okay. It was the twenty ninth. Like, I have so many vehicles. I'm like, wait, what? When's the embargo on this? Yeah, it was yesterday. So, so it was so, yesterday. Okay. So, uh, you know, the, the Wrangler for 2024 hasn't changed dramatically. You know, there's some subtle changes to the uh, to the grill. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually, you know, they, they reshaped the slots a little bit and they're actually a little bit shorter and not quite as tall as they were. And they explained during, during, at least during our program, explained that part of the reason they did that was because one of the options that they have now in the Rubicon is a factory installed winch. So you get a bumper yes. with a winch built into it and, you know, it sticks up a little bit and they wanted to make sure that the, the grill, you know, ended above where the winch went. Yes, they um, told us the same thing that it okay. was to accommodate so that the winch didn't cut off your view of the full grill. So now it's above the edge of the winch if you get a vehicle that is so equipped. And and the only other notable exterior change is the the traditional whip antenna is gone, yes. uh, which used to be on the passenger side uh, fender, and now they've integrated the radio antenna into the top of the windshield. Yes, so you don't have to worry about that snagging on. I don't know if you're guess you're if you're off roading someplace. Yeah, any place where yeah. there's trees. They took us out into Utah, and there's nothing, nothing to snag anything in the desert in Utah. But yeah, if you're if you're someplace where there's trees and such, you're not going to catch it on the local flora, fauna, flora, right? Yep. Flora, I guess. Oh, flora. Yeah. I think fauna I'm like, wait, fauna is animals. You probably don't want to catch it on animals. Hopefully, you're either. never catching it on animals. Well, just the local. Well, I mean, flora. if you know, something's hanging down from a, you know, a monkey hanging down monkey, from a tree or something. monkey, right? You yeah. never know. A or snake. Squirrel. Could be anything. Or snake, yeah. So flora and fauna. You're not going to yes. catch that antenna on flora or fauna any longer, which is nice. Um, um, the bigger changes were inside. You know, new a new dashboard, basically, yeah. and some a few other features. But, um, you know, so bigger 10-inch, 10-inch or 12-inch? 10-inch uh, touch, center touchscreen. I think it's 10. I yeah. believe that's correct, Sam. And, um, it makes a huge difference in how that yeah. looks because it's – and it it's nicely – the way they did it looks good. It makes it the dashboard in the Jeep always had this kind of rugged, rough and ready kind of thing going on. But it also is like, mm, we need to bring this little forward, guys. Let's move it, move it forward in time. Let's not have it stuck. And I feel like this actually does make it look significantly more modern. It was looking a little dated for the old uh, setup for the whole dash. And I think it looks much better. Yeah. And so it's got Uconnect 5 in it now instead of the older Uconnect 4 system. Yeah. You can also get power seats in the Wrangler now. Okay. Did they talk about the power seats? Because this is kind of funny. In the presentation, blah, 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 blah. You can adjust them. And, you know, they're, you know, then they've been tested, torture tested because our vehicles have to be able to be submerged in the water. And if you're in the water and your doors are off and the water is over your seat and you got a power seat, now we've broken your power seat. Now you can do it. It was funny. Uh, Emmy Hall was there and she's like, okay, hold on. You mean to tell me if I'm driving through water and the water's up over my butt and I need to adjust my seat, I can reach down into the water and do that. And they're like, yes, we had an engineer try. It was one we didn't like very much and he survived. So yes, you can do that. <laughs> so you won't get electrocuted. Adjusting you will not get electrocuted seats. adjusting your power seats and they will still work. So yeah, that was a, that was a big thing. The power seats. That was, that was a very good Emmy impression, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Let me get this straight. <laughs> Let me get this straight. You're telling me that's exactly what I said. You're telling me. I was like, Oh, here we go. Emmy's got a question. <laughs> so what, what did you think of driving the, the new Wrangler? Cause powertrains are all unchanged from last right. year. Right. And it's, it's, you know, it's still just as capable of as ever. It's still a Wrangler. It's still going to take you over rocks. It's still going to do all the Wranglery things that you like. 
What I like, so I took exactly the one that we own, Sam, on the drive. Like I took it to drive back to the hotel. So I'd have some like road time with it. So I had the plug-in hybrid, the Rubicon with the Sky One Touch roof. So basically the same one that we drive, because they said it's supposed to be quieter than the old one. And I'm like, okay, I know exactly what the old one sounds like. Let's take it for a test. And I got to say, it was quieter. It's still a Wrangler. You still hear the air. You still know that you are driving something that the roof opens up and that the doors come off of. But it was noticeably quieter. Um, They added some sound deadening stuff, I think, here and there to make it quieter. Um, And you do notice the difference. So where I noticed it is when you got up to highway speeds, normally at highway speeds, you can talk to the person next to you when you're in the front seat. You don't really have to raise your voice. But if you've got people in the back, you can sometimes hear them, but they have a hard time hearing you because your voice is going towards the windshield, right? So you have to do that slight like over your shoulder thing to make sure that people in the back of the car are involved in the conversation. There were three of us in the vehicle. I could totally hear the person sitting behind me. So it was, and I was going at highway speeds. And I'm like, this is noticeably quieter, noticeably quieter when I was driving. So that was a big thing because the Wrangler, I mean, the previous generation was really noisy. This generation is not as noisy. And yeah, they did do a little, if you, I don't know that you would notice it if you were just average Joe who just didn't drive one every day, but if you drive one every day, you can tell the difference. It is quieter. They also said, and I can't wait to try this out. Um, they changed the direction, directional stuff for the microphones. So that uh-huh. theoretically, not only is the cabin quieter, but also when you're speaking on the you're, you're taking a call and you're doing voice call because you don't want to have, you know, have your phone in your hand. You can hear someone better. That actually is an issue in the, the old, the old one, the, the one that we have. So some people have a hard time hearing us, not because it's breaking up or whatever. And sometimes I have a hard time hearing us. If there's just enough noise, like if it's raining, forget about it. Like once it's raining, you add in the rain to the average Wrangler noise and it's a little bit too noisy. They, this one seems quieter, so that would reduce some of that noise. And they say the microphones are better so that someone will be able to hear you. So my test is going to be when I get one in my driveway, uh, my mom can never hear me in the Wrangler. I won't call her in Russ's Wrangler. I'm going to call her in the press car when it arrives in my driveway and see if she can well, hear me. Well, <laughs> I, I actually did get a call from a reporter uh, You did about, about something um, that afternoon while we we're driving back to the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was taking a call while driving down the highway and driving and? through – um through st george yeah there were no complaints you know he seemed to be able to hear me just fine so so that's a good thing so i think so like these are and these sound like little small picky improvements but this is not an all-new version of the wrangler this is just like an updated big refresh but a refresh and i you know when they I feel like it's good when they find the little things that bug people. We can just make it quieter. Let's make it easier for people to hear you. Let's, you know, let's add the Warren winch as a factory option. Like they did little things to, you know, get rid of the antenna because it snags on things. Oh, and they also added, what was the other thing? They added the um, side curtain airbags to this. Yes. Panel, yeah. That's also new. Which so. is the first time they've had it, which um, apparently it was all about getting it into that um, like roll the sport a, bar. I think the they call sport it ball, bar. Is that what they call yeah. it? And they, they not a thing. roll cage. <laughs> I know I went to say that I'm like, that's not the right thing. Um, but to get it in there so that it wasn't this giant thing, like um, they had said, you know, sure. We could have made that bar like three times its size or whatever, but we don't want this giant bar up there. We want it to still be this. You don't nice, want to be bonking your head every time. you Right. Get and, and it's like, you know, open air driving should not involve feeling these giant bars on either. So you want it to stay small. So, uh, apparently they kept uh, arguing and arguing with the engineers like, nope, smaller, 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 smaller. And they finally got it to a size that they think, okay, this, this will work. So that's a little bit of added safety. So again, small things, but altogether they, they do make an improvement, I think. 
speaking of safety, uh, well, first of all, um, yeah, I, I agree. It, it does also feel a lot quieter when you're mm-hmm. driving uh, compared to the last Wrangler I drove. Uh, it was, I mean, it's not like driving a navigator or something, but it's, it's quite tolerable. You know, you could mm-hmm. easily do a road trip in this thing. But um, when we did the off-road course, um, the, uh, it was the last obstacle, you know, where we had to turn and go up this kind of sandstone rock face and turn left and, and you're crawling across this surface. That's at a little bit of an angle. Um, you know, they had, uh, a bunch of Wranglers, you know, and in the group I was in, I think they had, uh, three Rubicons and a Willys and okay. I got the Willys. So, um, the Rubicon, uh, you know, you've got locking front and rear diffs and, um, you know, disconnect front sway bar disconnect and, and all kinds of other cool stuff. Um, the Willys does not have a locking front differential, does yeah. not have sway bar disconnect. So it was slightly more challenging on a bunch of the stuff on that off-road course. Did it make it through? Uh, it eventually it did. Yes. Okay. Um, so going up this, this last obstacle, this, this sandstone face, uh, and then turning and going up and continuing to climb yeah. up where you're still at a little bit of an angle. Um, the, uh, the, it was a Willie's uh, four by E that I had. So plug-in hybrid, uh, as I'm going along this, this face after making the turn, um, all of a sudden it started to slip to the left. Uh Oh, um, which, which is was, the scariest thing when you're riding up front, because it, when you see something like that, it'll look like, Oh, he slid six inches. And then you, from inside, you're like, Oh my God, I've slid 25 feet. Like it's always very frightening. You don't know when you're going to stop. No, exactly. Like, ah. yeah. Am I going to slide a little bit or I'm going to slide down this hill and turn? Cause there's nothing you could do when you're sliding nope. sideways. Yeah. It doesn't matter what your yeah. wheels do, how many, how many wheels are going forward or backwards or whatever. You're going the frog way. So you slid so, sideways and. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I just. Uh, dropped a photo in the chat so you can see what the view was like from the driver's seat. And um, here's one more that I'm gonna it's loading. It's loading. Uh, oh, that's not disconcerting at all, guys. It's like, and I will tell you that, like, even though, like, here's another thing there's about a, there's another one. This shows this shows the roll angle and the pitch angle. I think and I saw I'm, I'm sitting a video a, of someone winching. They used the winch to yeah, just. Yes, yeah, I saw Duffer, the video. Rob Duffer filmed yes. it. Um, so I'm sitting there at a 30 degree rolling. Oh my gosh. So, so, so I, I, to, for everyone who's, who's listening, when you're off-roading, like photos and video do not give an accurate not. representation of what's going no. on. They do and not. it's the same thing when you're driving fast. I can be doing 20 or 80 on video. It looks like I'm doing the exact same speed. So yeah. when you're off-roading, like literally it's the 30 degrees when you look at that, when you look at that, that dash, that's the, that's the real and, thing. And when you, look, you look at the side. photo, you're like, oh, it's not so bad. And then you yeah. look out the side window and you're. You're looking down. It's like, yes. Oh, like oh. instead of, well, and also like that moment where it's like the rocks aren't under you. They're sort of kind of beside you more than they should like, be. Oh, hello. Like, yeah. Right there. They should not be that angle to me. Yeah. This is, I could see the angle you, the picture you have out the front. Oh my gosh. That's, so, that's not fun. So the, <laughs> the, the point, the point of my telling this story is, you know, we mentioned, you know, one of the new features that they offer this year is, <laughs> is a worn winch, you know, so you can at, at order it as a factory option. Yes. Um, and, you know, this is the first time it's been available as a factory option. So what they've done is they've, they've integrated it with the front bumper and it's been crash tested and everything by mm-hmm. Stellantis. Um, and 
you know, they had, you know, the support crew, the spotters, you know, they had a, a support Jeep up at the top of this hill that had a winch on it. And so what they did, you know, was they, they said, you know, I could have tried to back up, but rather than do that, you know, to, for safety reasons, they decided, okay, let's hook up the winch, you know, to, to help stabilize. And so they did that, you know, so they hooked up the winch um, and to, to, to the Jeep I was driving to make sure that it didn't slide any further sideways. And then I kind of slowly crept up the hill, you know, as they reeled in the, the winch, you know, and just kept some slack on, on the line. So it wasn't going to go sideways anywhere and, you know, got safely up the hill. So, you know, if you are actually serious about off-roading, you know, whether it's, whether you're buying a Wrangler or a Bronco or any other vehicle, um, get a winch <laughs> or, yeah. or, and, and also don't ever go out into an environment like this alone. alone. Yes. You know? If you're going to like have a winch on your vehicle. And even if you're with someone in your environment, let make sure one of you has a winch. Like at least, yeah. least one of you needs to be winch capable in this situation. Right. And, and even if, even if you're only Bring going Emmy. in, in one, in one vehicle, you know, and you've got a winch on there, you know, you also want to have somebody with you because there's a lot of scenarios, you know, in like along this trail, for example, where you cannot see what's in front of you now, um, you know, and so having a spotter, uh, you know, that can hop out and guide you and, you know, give you some guidance, you know, as to, okay, go a little bit passenger side, a little bit driver's side. Okay. Straight uh, stop, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, having spotters is a huge help. When well, you're trying to go through a trail like this. And the thing is, and I guess this is really for novices. Sometimes you look at this, you're like, well, it's just, it's just a rock I'm driving up and down. It's like, looks like a flat rock. Otherwise, what you don't see is all the little, little bit of loose pebble, a little bit of loose dirt, or the rock has a slight little two inch little drop in one spot. You don't think that that's going to make a huge difference when you just look at it. But when your wheel hits it, you'll feel this once you get used to off-roading. You can feel like they'll be pointing you, say, go right, go right. And you're thinking, it doesn't seem that that's correct but I'm going to go right. And all of a sudden you'll feel your wheel kind of like boop, drop down a little bit and the vehicle shifts a little to the right. Yeah. You can't see that from inside the car. You really can't, but they can see it from the outside. And instead of going, you know, you think you're going to go straight. You're not. When you hit that tiny little lip, you can't see, you're going to go down and shift left. So you need to be a little bit right to begin with. Like they, there's tiny little things in the terrain make a huge difference when you're off-road. So you, if you don't, even when you do know what you're doing, take a buddy when the stuff is more challenging. Plus the other thing too is, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, on these kinds of trails, especially if you're rock crawling, um, a lot of these rocks can be very, very sharp. Mm -hmm. And it's not that hard <laughs> to puncture a tire on one of these rocks if you yeah. get on it the wrong way. Um, yeah. And again, this is where a spotter can help you. They can see those sharp rocks and, you know, they can guide you, you know, it's like six inches this way. You know, just just to keep off of those really sharp edges, yeah. because the last thing you want to have to do is stop and change a flat tire out in the and middle then, of one of these trails. Right. And the, and as far as the sharp rocks, too, it's not just what's under your wheels. It's what's on either side of your wheels, because your sidewall is always the spot that you're most likely to pop. And especially if you've got something where it's very tight quarters, if your car scrape, if you scrape along a rock you can take out your sidewall or if you suddenly shift a little bit because what was under the wheels wasn't as stable as you thought, or you weren't at the right angle, boom, you've again shifted into sharp rock that will have your tire for lunch. 
So it's, it's, you know, it's fun doing this. It's challenging, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it, you know, and if you, if you get the opportunity, you know, it's a, it's a great it. experience, Super fun. Um, you know, especially, you know, watching these lizards running across the road and yes. things like that, <laughs> uh, or across the trail. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely do not go out there on your own. Don't be like Roman Micah and go out to Moab in a Hummer EV by yourself. That's did he do at, that? He did that. Yeah. After oh, they no. put. After they replaced the the original 35 inch tires on the the Hummer with 37s, he went because they had gone out to Moab. He and uh, Andre had gone out to Moab. Yeah. Um, and I'll I'll find the the links to the videos. Um, and after they put on the 37s to get a little more ground clearance, Roman went back out there by himself, and that turned out to be a really bad idea because oh. partway through this trail, um, something happened. He got some kind of software glitch. And essentially, um, he went from all-wheel drive, four-wheel drive, with all these cool features that the Hummer has, to right. just basic rear-wheel drive. Oh, that's super cool in a vehicle like that off in Moab. No problem. Yes. No and, problem whatsoever. You know, more, more than likely. And f- in fact, when he got to the end of the trail, he turned it off and um, you know started it back up again, and it reset and everything was fine. Uh, but... The last thing you want to is to be out on the trail, especially after his experience when they first got it, when the thing, you know, encountered some software glitch and um, it died on him in the middle of the road, in the middle of the I knew about that lines. one. Yeah, I knew all of a sudden and, it was like, I'm done they, driving. They couldn't, they couldn't they couldn't get it going again. Um, and he, he didn't want to turn try to reset it in the middle of the trail because he wasn't sure if it was actually even going to restart. Like, wait, so. like what's the worst doing this very difficult or not doing this at all when it's like not yeah. restarting. Do I want to be that's... stuck out in the middle of Moab right? in the middle oh, of nowhere by myself. Um, so yeah, always take a buddy with you. Um, ha- you know, have a winch um, and uh, you know, be safe out there. Yeah. Um, and then there is one other cool feature that they've added for the, um, for the Wrangler this year which is integration of uh, trails off road, uh, mm, which is oh, an yeah. app that you can get. Um, so they have the, if you get the, um, the Uconnect 5 with navigation, you get the trails off road app built in and trails off road um, with the, the version that's built in, they have 200 trail maps um, that are built into the vehicle. So all kinds of locations, you can go in there, you know, say, you know, find some off-road trails near me. And it has all kinds of information in addition to the, the navigation information, where to go on the trail, you know, and waypoints and everything, you know, they've got information about the difficulty, what are the challenges you're going to encounter on there. So you can judge based on your skill level and your experience. Okay. I'm not going to go on that trail right now, but I'm going to go try this one out. And it's got, you know, information about the history of that trail, um, and then, um, you get that for two years, uh, with the 200 maps, uh, and then you can also subscribe. It's like 39 bucks a year for 3000 trail maps. Um, and then after the two years, you also have to subscribe. Um, but yeah, it's, it, if you're looking for places to go off-roading it, that's a really neat feature to have in your vehicle built right into your vehicle. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty neat. And it does <clears> give such... It even has little videos and stuff in there that you can see where people are taking videos of the trail and it's, it's going to, that's going to be kind of neat. I think it's going to be amazing if you're someplace where you don't know the area, like you've taken your car and you've ventured States away, you know? Yep. All right. Um, let's get into some other, well, did you have any other thoughts about the Wrangler before we move on? No, I think you covered the thoughts. Oh, I, I, yeah, we covered the Wrangler. Okay. Uh, let's see. So we've been going, uh, Almost an hour and a half. So let's see. Let's uh, skip ahead here. Some of these stories. So 
NACS. We've been talking about this for several weeks Max. now. Nax. We're debating what it's going to be, NACS or Nax. Formerly Max. known as the Tesla charging connector. It's, that's um, too many words. So the, the, the dominoes keep falling. Um, this week, Volvo and Polestar both announced that they're going to switch over to Nax in 2025, uh, joining GM, Ford, and Rivian. And very likely in the in the not too distant future, um, most of the rest of the industry. Um, so you're going to have a smaller, easier to use connector, uh, charging connector on your Volvos and Polestars going forward. Um, and then um, SAE, the Society of Automotive Engineers, uh, which uh, developed the standard, you know, that became CCS, um, and they they do all kinds of industry standards among among other things that they do. Um, has uh, announced that they were going to pull NACS into the the EV charging standard. Um, and so they're going to uh, standardize things like how the security is handled, the you know certificate handling um, when you hook up to um, to a charger, you know it's got to exchange security certificates and things like that uh, to make sure to try to make sure that you don't get hacked when you plug in your car. Um, <laughs> you know all kinds of little little things like little that. details. yeah. Um, so SAE is going to do that. And then finally, yesterday, as we record this, we got a press release from Electrify America. Yes, I saw that one. Dun, dun, dun. EA is going to start adding NAX connectors to their chargers um, by by 2025. So probably some, you know, starting sometime next year, they'll start rolling them out. They haven't given specific details yet, um, but yeah, that's a that's a good step. You know, they still have to work on the reliability. I was just going to say, even if you had the charger, if I still can't give me actual yeah, juice <laughs> from the charger, I don't care what the connector is, I would like it to operate. Can we work on that? Can we yeah. work on that? So hopefully they can do both at the same time. Mm. Yeah, that's the, they're like, yeah, he's going to do it. We're like, ah, oh, that's great. But I, oh. I feel like that's like just one step closer to Volk because yeah, he's, you know, part of Volkswagen. That's just one step closer to Volkswagen being like, <sighs> fine. Because Pablo DC was like, no, <laughs> at yeah. the, uh, yeah. at the, the, uh, oh God, what was it? ID Buzz, ID Buzz unveil yeah. in Huntington Beach, California. He was like, no, that's not going to happen. We're and not now I do feel that. like that's it's silliness. like, oh, it's going to happen. It and is. Hyundai is allegedly already talking to Tesla. So Hyundai's going to be moving over to it. This it's is just, just time. It's, no one's not going to do this. Everyone's yeah. going to do it. It's just like, okay, how are we going to do it? How are you going to do it? How are they going to implement it? You know. I, I still just feel like there's a by l- the end of the year, everybody will make the change. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds like a good prediction mm-hmm. to me. I would agree with that prediction, Sam. I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of folks, uh, a lot of Tesla folks, are probably a little irritated with this whole thing yeah, because, well. well, I mean, I wrote I don't know a long time ago that Tesla should open up its charging network to other cars, and I gave them all these reasons, including making money, um, and I got a lot of Tesla people very angry at me. About that article, I think everybody worries about this is like our okay, sandbox. once you yeah once yeah. you once you open it up, you're gonna everyone's gonna be here and then we're no longer gonna be able to charge. But I mean, yes or no? It's I don't. Like I, mean, Tesla, gonna, I like pull in the parking lots like just randomly, and there's a Tesla. There's a bunch of Tesla charging stations. And I'm like, oh, all right. And there's just a couple Teslas. Some sometimes right. you'll find one. There's like a billion Teslas there. But sometimes you'll just pull in the one. There's like three teslas and like we have a couple around us yeah where it's like there have to be like 
up like close to 15 charging stations. And I think the most I've ever seen at any one of these in our area is like five or six Teslas. And it's on a weekend, like something like this, where it's the 4th of July and a lot of people are traveling. Like then suddenly they're a little bit more used, but it's still never like, and I know there were issues. There were some places they showed people waiting in line to charge once at Tesla Superchargers. Yeah, some of the more popular ones in California. like Which I feel like that's already a problem. Like, and it is. Then, okay, that's a ripe spot to just... Add more. Have, add more, right? Like it's still a little bit of and a figuring they, out there. You know? I remember doing the uh, the original, not original, but like when I was reviewing like the Model X and the Model S, there were charging that like there weren't a lot of as many charging stations. And I remember waiting in line with the X to charge. And now you know there wasn't any there there were no chargers in the city of San Francisco. Like I had to drive down to I think Brisbane mm-hmm. or San Mateo or somewhere down there or. To, to charge and now there's you know there's a ton of you know ea stations near me or a ton of charging stations but there are all way more tesla stations <laughs> near me right. again we're, we're silly with charging stations up here and the, the tesla ones are just sort of everywhere so it's just time it'll happen you know it's and it's time. and all these vehicles aren't all getting like boom overnight the nacs charger charging yeah. you know capability so as that rolls out i'm i'm betting Things will roll out to balance it at least a little bit. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yep. It is a guess, but. All right. Um, our uh, our friends at Lordstown Motors, um, I think. Uh, Boondoggle. It's, <laughs> they're, they're, they're running out of time. Um, this week, they announced that they were filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy mm-hmm. and suing Fox no. for breach of contract. Mm-hmm. Not Lords. What? I thought they were going to make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, they, they did build 31 trucks. They and built they, 31. They, I mean, 31 is a lot a of trucks. That's a lot of trucks. 31. I mean, have you ever built 31 trucks? I haven't built 31 anything ever. Well, so there you go. <laughs> so they were they were clearly a success. Yeah. So they yeah. built 31. Um, you know, I just you know I I I just remember feeling like this is a boondoggle from the top top to bottom just based on their their business and their former business and just how everything was sort of done and i'm just like this is not something you want to be part of like you so look they're, at they're trying to sell it they're trying i'm just looking at this article they're trying to sell the endurance the rights to the it's they're trying to sell as, the assets in their it ip can serve as a springboard for but the, the right ip OEM. is owned by workhorse i know that's the Again, it's an entirely crazy boondoggle. It's like they what is their IP versus like say like uh Lucid, which recently gotten you know, they're doing a, a deal with Aston Martin mm-hmm. to sell Aston Martin essentially right. their 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 tiny but powerful motors. And yeah. batteries and, like, okay, and, power and batteries, yeah. This is like, oh that's a that's a you know, that's a that's a good deal because you know Aston Martin shouldn't have to build all this. Lucid has this really great efficient system. Um I mean it's bad news for for Mercedes who was selling them you know, selling Aston Martin engines, but you know, it's, that's such a teeny, teeny, itty bitty, nothing of, of yeah. Mercedes Benz's overall business that they're like, Oh, that happened. Oh no. Um, I guess for lunch, we don't have fancy ketchup now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we're going to go with the Heinz this week. We're going with Heinz <laughs> this week or whatever the German equivalent of Heinz. So, I mean, that makes sense, but loose, like, why would you buy anything that, that Lord's <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they They've got those hub motors, which they actually didn't design. Um, right. Yeah. You know, 
I, I can't imagine there's, there's anything that anyone would want to buy in terms of Lordstown's assets or I don't IP. see it. I mean, I know they yeah. have to sell it as a part of the Chapter 11, but I, I just don't see where anybody would gonna buy Maybe that. there. I mean, there's probably something, maybe a little itty-bitty thing someone can buy, like at a bar, bargain basement price. But, I mean, Rivian You should buy it and see if you can wheels. buy 31 cars. Build 31 I can build cars, 31 Robbie. cars. I'm going to buy yeah. it and build just one. Just one? <laughs> I'm going to do a resto mod using my Lordstown <laughs> IP. A Lordstown resto mod. Let's do that. <laughs> uh, find find an old Tacoma and put the Lordstown powertrain there in there. Go. There you go. Why would I do that? It's a Tacoma. <laughs> you don't mess with a poor little Tacoma. Leave oh, yeah. the taco I, the, the alone. Car, I mean, the car could be rusted away, but the engine's not going to die. <laughs> right. Um, all right. Um one of the reasons why Lordstown is is failing, you know, not that they probably wouldn't have failed on their own, was the Ford F one fifty Lightning. I mean, when yeah. I when I got a background around that a couple of years ago before they they first showed it publicly, you know, as, as soon as I saw the the specs and saw what they had done, you know, I I turned to Stephanie Brindley and said, "Yeah, Lordstown's DOA. They're they're never going to sell any of those trucks." Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, Ford launched successfully launched the Lightning last year. Um, and they were selling as many as they could build. Uh, but unfortunately, at the same time, prices of raw materials for batteries were going up. And so Ford has been uh, m- multiple times over the last year, they've jacked up the price of the Lightning. And now that is apparently turning away some customers because that $40,000 Lightning Pro that you could get when they launched, yeah, that's now $60,000. Holy uh, Jesus, that's a big difference. Yeah. And so I guess they're getting a lot of order cancellations, you know. But is it? But you wonder though, is the volume, the number of order cancellations going to like, because everybody wanted it and some people are like, well, I just don't have to wait for it. I feel like, oh, well now a bunch of people canceled. I can step right up in there and get one. Yeah. And I I suspect that that will be the case. And, you know, I'm guessing that this fall when the 2024 models uh, start to be built um, or, or later in the year, I guess, um, because I guess, early they said early 2024 they would change the battery in the base lightning pro um and switch to a lithium iron phosphate battery which is going to be cheaper um than yeah meanwhile the, the mach is going down in price because it's using that lithium phosphate yeah um so um starting uh starting early in the new year i i expect the base price of the lightning will it might not get back down to forty thousand dollars but it it probably will go down quite we'll a bit back. Yeah. Um, when they get those LFP batteries, and so you know a lot of the customers that were reconsidering, you know, reconsidering will will say, okay, yeah, let, let's do this. And plus, go. the price of the other materials has declined uh, over the past year uh, since since they had the price spike last year. So um, it should they'll be fine. They'll be fine. It'll even out. It's it's also it's a Ford F one fifty. So someone's going to buy it. Right. There's it's like not a sit. bunch of crazy tax incentive for you know. Mm-hmm body on frame vehicles and even if it's electric even though they don't get the if uh, the ira uh because some of them are too expensive still people love their big trucks well, they'll, they'll, they'll lease them and yeah. you know, or you can get the lease, lease. Yeah. yeah you get the lease and then yeah that's all yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not i'm not, i don't feel bad for ford <laughs> no no they'll be <laughs> I, fine. Think yeah. I think they're gonna, they're gonna be, be okay they're gonna be uh, like oh no some people oh nope someone else picked up the reservation yeah. he canceled he bought okay Net net zero. Yeah. Um, also this week, uh, GM uh, announced GM Energy uh, announced the avail or announced the launch of Ultium Home products. 
Um, so uh, just as Ford did with the uh, with the Lightning with their bidirectional charging, the Silverado will also have this capability. And so they've got a couple of different packages bundles that they're they're going to be offering. Um, you know, they've got the Altium Home V2H bundle, vehicle to home bundle that is basically like the the kit that you can get from Ford and Sunrun that has uh, a bi-directional 19 kilowatt charger um, and what they call the V2H enablement kit, which is the the smart inverter that they get from Sunrun. Um, GM's partnering with SunPower to do theirs. Um, so it's got a transfer switch, uh, an inverter, um, and it also has um, a, a, what they call a dark start battery so that you know, it can do all this stuff, power up, um, and and switch everything over even when your power's off. So there's a, a battery that's part of that, um, part of the inverter. Um, and then there's also the home energy system, which adds in a GM power bank, which is kind of the equivalent of a, a Tesla power wall, a you know, mm-hmm. storage battery to mount in your garage um, in two sizes of 10.6 kilowatt hours or 17.7 kilowatt hours. Um this stuff will be available starting later in the year. Uh, but right now, uh, GM is not saying how much any of this is going to cost. So <laughs> it's a mystery. So don't expect it to be cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, those, those battery packs are so expensive when you can just use your car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I well, mean, there's times like, Oh, my car is not here, but so many vehicles are on the road that, that actually do, you know, that more and more cars come on that do bi-directional, so mm-hmm. if you have two EVs, if one's off at work, the other one will be home. <laughs> well, the 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 battery pack is more, you know, system is t- intended more for if you also have solar at home. Yeah, know, but to, you could just again, you could. So so I have a friend who he set up his his. his he, well, he's a smart guy. Um, before we start, <laughs> just so you know. like you clarify, he he's set up smart. his solar. Just... He has he has a Kona EV, and he set up his solar system with like an Arduino or something. And it's people who are much smarter than me are my friends, so that every time <laughs> the amount of electricity that is generated by a solar exceeds how much electricity they're using in the house, it sends the extra electricity to his Kona. Oh, okay. So he's been That's charging cool. his Kona for free it's... the entire time. So he's gotten free, essentially free, like driving with his Kona the whole time. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oh, man, I got to get this set. I got to get this over to my house. Kona. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Because he had this long extension cord that went out to the street. And I was like, dude, uh, you know, da, da, da. And then he's just like, once he started going into like, oh, yeah, no, but they're rated for 60 amps. I'm like, oh, OK, you're fine. You're fine. You know what you're doing. So I was afraid to like went to Home Depot and got like just regular extension cord extension to cord run just like, it out there. to run it out to his corner. I'm like, uh, we just had a thing on this podcast I'm on. He's like, oh no, it's a blah blah. And I'm like, oh okay, you you know, <laughs> he had a big fat extension cord. Yeah, he had a big fat extension cord. He has a whole system set up. Okay, all right. Um, last one is uh, Italian lawmakers want to ban young drivers from cars with more than 95 horsepower for three years. I think this is a brilliant idea. Just for three years. Just for so for sixteen to nineteen, essentially. Yeah, well, well, actually, uh, in Italy, you have to be eighteen to get your driver's license. Right. And the way this this regulation is being set up, it's three years from the time you get your driver's license. So, for example, so what if you got your license and you were thirty? Then thirty to thirty to thirty-three. Your first three years of driving, you don't get to have more than ninety-five horsepower. Okay. Uh, that's fine. My my Honda Civic had like 89 horsepower and I love that car. Yeah. And I drove the hell out of that thing. 
it, it still went fast. <laughs> Better to drive a slow car fast than a fast yeah. car slow. I guess the only stinker that would be is if it wasn't you're a teen driver and you're using your parents' car. If your parents have a car that's more than that, oh uh, yeah, that's the you'd that's be it. stuck. So you'd, for your kid to be able to drive, you either have to have personally owned a really low horsepower car, or you got to buy your car a new one or buy that. Like it's that's the only thing I can see being like. Mm, well, I don't keep know in how mind many, in 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 Europe. Yeah, and particularly in Italy, smaller cars with small low power engines are a thing because gas, you know, fuel is expensive. So they're, you know, cars with less than ninety five horsepower are vastly more common there than they are here. Yeah, Yeah. and the tiny, tiny roads, you know, they're they're super skinny, that like they're super tight and yeah. But they also drive like a like a bat out of you know what when they're on the highway, like in Italy. People move. They they use all 95 of those horses. They're using all 95 of those horses. Like me and my little Honda Civic, man. They fly. I don't know. I wouldn't want to not have... I mean, I don't need, you know, I don't need a Lamborghini, but I would like something with a little bit of horsepower. Oh, yeah, the home of the Lamborghini, they're like, no, buddy. I mean, when, Forget it. No when Lamborghini you're, When you're sharing you. the road with, with Hummer EVs, you know, do you really want just 95 horsepower? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like here <laughs> no. you wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. I still but, be. I love that Honda Civic. There's one. There's 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 a there's a CRX down the street from my house. Um, that I'm always keeping an eye on. <laughs> Just waiting yeah. on it. But you yeah. know, con- considering that you know something like a quarter of all traffic fatalities are you know involved drivers under the age of 25, um, I think that this is actually a really good thing. And I would not be opposed to raising the the age to get a driver's license here to 18, as it is in most countries in Europe. Um, you know, I think I, some I, people like a lot of from, from what I hear from the kids, from people who have access to children, uh, a lot of it are like, eh, I just don't care about getting their driver's license when they're young. As they get older, they're like, oh, yeah, now I need a driver's license. When they're young, they're like, meh. Yeah, our, our younger kid didn't get a license until she was 20. Um, so, and, and wasn't he wasn't even interested in learning to drive until the age of 20. Our older one, you know, 14 years and nine months, like the day she was eligible to go get her learner's permit, she, she was, was there. there. And, you know, so um, it's, it, it's different. You know, for everybody, but yeah, increasingly, you know, young, but even, even if you wait to get your driver's license, just those first couple of years, you know, the, mm. the lack of experience you have, um, makes a huge difference. And so I, I think, I think something like this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Uh, we got a couple of listener, uh, emails, um, and questions. So you want to start with the one from Sid, uh, Nicole? <laughs> Yes, I'll I'll just I'm taking the red. You're going to do a pricey of this. Yeah, I'm taking a a red pen to Sid Polk's uh, thing because it's very very long, and I feel like it's going to. So basically, he said he had a problem with his Chrysler PHAV, and they didn't have any answers. Um, He ended up getting a loaner because he had to take this big drive for his road trip to Texas for his kids' college. Um, that his mother-in-law visited for a while, and somebody plowed into her car. Now the Chrysler dealership has replaced the carpet that was loose, and he can't put the third row seats up. And that he would have to pay $1,100 because of the number of miles and the warranty expired. Uh, so he's having some issues. Then he has an Android-based uh, Android Auto Uconnect, uh, loses its mind two to three times a week <laughs> and can't connect to our, any of our phones. We have to restart the radio to get it work. And it does drive like a dream. And we're really digging the PHEV lifestyle. Actually, I'm not editing. We're really digging the PHEV lifestyle, going weeks between Phillips and getting up to 50 MPG. Uh, when the radio does work, the quality is amazing. Um, still frosted about not being able to tow anything. I can honestly say that I love the car. So 
I guess that's a that's a one in the plus column for the Chrysler Pacifica he have, even though he's had some issues overall, he loves it, which would have to be pretty good because he has some funky issues there. Yeah, yeah, the fact that they messed up his carpet and then they're like, yeah, we're not going to like, how? Yeah, no, you right? broke it. I don't, like, man, again, I'm just going to go back to dealerships, man. Dealerships, dealerships, man. Dealerships. And also, he's a he's a jazz musician mm-hmm. and a cla- and a classical musician, so you know he's going to you know audio quality is going to matter. It it's really matter. matters for him. So for him and to say so, it's good, that's actually a high, uh, yeah. that's high praise. That's how much the car has to be, how, how good the car has to be for the thing that you love, you can't do in your car. And you still like the car. So and you yay, still like the car. Yay, but Chrysler, also, boo, dealership. I I also, I, I'm, I, I, it sounds like he's out of warranty for his radio. So that's a he big is. bummer. Yeah. Well, it, you know, the. That um, you know, that's the UConnect Five system with Android uh, and based on Android Automotive. Um, you know, that's a, that's an odd one because I've driven a bunch of Stellantis vehicles with that system and never had an issue like that. It um, sounds like a weird, like not that it, it happens at thirty thousand miles. But... It happens at thirty three thousand miles. <laughs> oh well, there's the problem. I guess yeah, <laughs> I've never driven one that long. Right. Um, so um, you know, maybe uh, you know it might just need like a you know a hard reset or something, you know, or maybe reflashing the uh, the software in that thing um, yeah. to uh, to fix it. Sounds like there's there's some kind of software bug, or you know, it might be a bad connection somewhere too. It might be a loose ground or something, which is a much harder thing to yeah to find. <laughs> but um, all right, thanks for sending that in, Sid. Yeah, uh, thanks, Sid. Sorry thanks, about your Sid. car. This yeah. sucks. The yeah. radio thing, man. I don't know how you deal with that. That would drive me nuts. I listen to music nonstop. That's all I do in the car. Yeah, that would and make the me fact crazy. that I couldn't control what I was listening to would drive me and, bonkers. And it's not like you know, on most of these modern vehicles, you can just go in and replace it with an aftermarket unit because you you can't. <laughs> yeah, they're not really yeah. built like that. You yeah. go to go to Crutchfield. Maybe they got a solution. Oh my god, Crutchfield. Remember wow. Crutchfield? Oh yeah. I go to Crutchfield. Crutchfield. Put it. Put put something in on Crutchfield. See if they have a solution. They might have something. Yeah. All right, uh, Jimmy Klosowski. Yeah, Jimmy Klosowski. I love that name, by the Klosowski. way, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy Klosowski. Wrote in, uh, said, just a suggestion, since the U.S. Um, 90% still buy ICE cars, why the EV reviews take a majority of your reviews? Personally, I got rid of mine eight years since uh, eight years ago, since it's hard to find chargers outside of my home. Uh, so I'm assuming that you know, if he got rid of his eight years ago, um, then he was probably driving like an old Nissan Leaf or something. Uh-huh. Oh, Question yeah. the non-emissions, uh, since it takes years to become energy efficient since biomass fuels are renewable, but take down forests. Uh, again, my opinion, but again, the U.S. is large majority ICE. Toyota slowed down production uh, to the Prius and one to two EVs. Um, well, first of all, we review a lot of EVs because that's what's available. Manufacturers yeah. are launching a lot of new EVs. They're yeah. not launching nearly as many new internal mm-hmm. combustion vehicles. Um, so, you know, these are what's coming to market. So this is what we get to review. Yeah. Um, you know. As far as you know, the emissions eight years ago for EVs, I remember reviewing EVs eight years ago, and yeah, it was a huge pain in the ass finding charging. Yeah. Now, eight years is a it's long not, time. It's, again, there. it's not perfect, it's not great, no. but it's way better. Like <laughs> eight years, totally charge. different now. Yeah, yeah totally different. Years ago. Yeah. Yeah. All right, last one. Uh, oh, I want to. Oh, one more oh. thing about for Jimmy. Um, also, um, I write for a lot of tech sites, and tech sites don't care about ice cars any, anymore so that's why i do a lot of uh regular a uh, lot of ev reviews so that's that's another reason if for me like most of my reviews are evs just because 
that's what people want. And um, for car sites, I've talked to some people who run car sites, their traffic, which is something that you know they have to look at in order to stay in business, a majority of it is for of it is for EVs. EVs do really really well because more because people are way more interested in reading about EV reviews for some sites than they are ICE cars. And you know that goes from site to site. I mean, car and drivers probably likely still more very um, you know ICE centric because it's an enthusiast site. Um, but other sites are you know that's you know so that's and, and like like they said you know we it's things are changing. All right. Finally, uh, Moss Superum from Discord uh, says, it would be interesting to hear what a day in the life of a vehicle test drive is like for an automotive journalist. Just to understand the work you guys put into reviewing the vehicle for two plus publications and podcasts week after week. Any funny things that you end up having to think about when the vehicle becomes your daily driver for a week or more at a time? Will my kid wash the inside of this Bentley? I have to take a I have to take a cat to the vet in this Lambo. Robbie's accident in the Ford made me think about all the logistics that you all must have to contend with just to keep us informed uh, with your pens and your keyboards active. Okay, can I just tell you when my girls were little, my older daughter was prone to getting car sick, and every day she's like, "I don't feel." I'm like, "So help me, if you throw up in this press vehicle, don't you even think about it." I would. I was like, "Don't you dare! Don't do it." That was my biggest worry. When my kids is going to throw up in one of those cars, they never did. They made it through all that time and didn't. But you do have to. You do have to sometimes plan your life a little bit, or you know, like the week you get a Miata is the week that you have ten people in town. And you're like, well, I'm not going to be driving this so much because it's. I'll Miata. see. You, I'll see y'all later. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. So it, it that definitely logistically sometimes the car that comes does not work for the needs that you have at the moment. Um, yeah, that's 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 probably my biggest challenge. And where I don't know what car I'm getting week to week and can't schedule my cars, they just show up. Surprise! Um, it can be a challenge for me. <laughs> Um, for, for me, sometimes, occasionally I would be like, oh, I got to go buy, drive that car, which is like, it's not something you should be, you know, as a car journalist, you should be excited about every car you get because every car had, there's a market for every car. There's a buyer for every car. But sometimes I would just, you know, you got a thousand things going on in your life. And now I have to spend hours and hours of not writing and, and I have to drive. And when you're driving, when I'm driving a, a press car, I'm highly keen of what's going on with the vehicle like what's yeah. this doing how's this turn how's this how's you know how's the radio work is it easy to touch these buttons what's the latency you know what's the what are the what's braking like what's the chassis feel like what's the acceleration like for a vehicle of this size or, or you know in this market and you know you're all trying to like figure that out while trying to determine whether or not it's a good value for the price and so you're all these things are running through your head while you're driving the vehicle whereas if like if i rent a car that's like the greatest care. feeling. That's the greatest right. feeling in the world because I don't because I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I don't have to think about like, oh, how does this drive? What's the third row like? What's the you know? How are these seats? I just drive in the car. Having it's a so good nice time. to have one that doesn't matter. Like because it's true. Because sometimes when we go places if we're gone for a long time, you can get press vehicles all around the country. And if I know I'm going to be someplace for enough days that I can really drive a car, I will ask the local fleet manager for like, can I get a vehicle out? And it's great. But then like, because yeah, sometimes there's stuff you can't get. At home, you can get right? in California. You can or get in other yeah. places. So it can get you into cars that you might not be able to get in your home market, which is great. But then I'm also like, there were times where I'm like, everybody out of the car. I got to check some stuff. You go sit and do your thing. I got to, I got to drive yeah. this or I got to do this or get out. I got to see how these seats work. You know, there is a it pressing all the buttons or like this right, button. playing with everything. And um, I, like, and I have a drive route at home, like certain roads that I go down with every car. I have a side route that goes through twisting roads. I have a section of highway that I go through. I have like this really big swooping off ramp that, you know, you can take at speed that lets you tell certain things about the car. And I try to take every vehicle 
on those routes because it lets you have some kind of even comparison. So when I have a minivan yeah. and a minivan, I compared them both on the same thing, not like one on the highway and one on some back road. So you have to plan a little bit. You do have to plan a little bit to have time to do it. Yeah. And, and if, you know, I think all of us work from home, we all work remotely. Um, and, you know, in my case, uh, you know, for, for my job, you know, frequently, you know, I have multiple times a week when I have to go to meetings or briefings, you know, with a, with a company. Um, and, you know, so a big part of what I try to do is use the vehicle the way a typical consumer would use it. You know, so I'm driving to, you know, driving to the grocery store, uh, driving to meetings, uh, Excuse me. And, you know, oftentimes here in the Detroit area, you know, I live west of Detroit, uh, outside of Ann Arbor. A lot of times the meetings are up in, you know, Auburn Hills area or somewhere Warren, you know, north of north of the city of Detroit. So it's a it's a pretty decent haul. You know, so I put some miles on these cars under a variety of conditions, you know, highway driving, city driving or, you know, urban driving, a lot of stop and go. Um, And depending on the type of vehicle it is, you know, if it's uh, if I've got a truck, you know, I will usually. Uh, try to use that. You got to do truck things. To, to do oh, truck mulch. things, you know, to to get some mulch, uh, you know, go out to the, the township compost site and, you know, pick up some compost uh, for the garden, things like that. Um, or, you know, if I'm driving a sports car, you know, I will take it out to, uh, out to drive it out to hell, uh, you know, and, and drive around on some of the roads out there. Um, and uh, if I'm driving a plug-in vehicle, uh, you know, or particularly plug-in hybrids, um, you know, I've got a, a route that, you know, is a mix of different driving that I do, uh, you know, and I might do a couple laps of that, of that route uh, to gauge, you know, what is, what is the electric driving range of this plug-in hybrid? How far will it go before the engine comes on? That sort of thing. So, uh, you know, we do, you know, we do a variety of different things and use the vehicles in different ways. My kids are grown and, and long gone. So, and even when they were still around, you know, I didn't have, uh, you know, it wasn't too much of a worry, um, you know, about them, you know, trashing the inside of the vehicle. Uh, if I do have to uh, take the dog to the vet, you know, I've got a seat cover that I put in, you know, so that, uh, you know, protects the seats. You know, I don't want anything torn up. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, we, I think we all try to take good care of the vehicles, you know, because they're, they're not I, ours. I have right. chided family members in the who are sitting in the back of a Lincoln Navigator to tell them, I'm like, you do not make a mess back there. This is yes. not a rental car. This is not a rental car. You can't just like, woo, who cares? I've done the same thing. I'm like, like you, somebody... you treat this like it is a very a, a very angry person's car who's going to yell at me if you mess it up. Just exactly. Yeah. Like I've had people get in the car, like you know, friends, like it's winter, or whatever. Clean I'm it like, up when you, we're can done. You, can you try and knock the garbage off of your boots before you step in? Like, cut me some slack yeah. here. I can't have that all over the car. Yeah, yeah, there's only so much video. you can do within reason there. But right. yeah, within I, reason. Yeah. Like I've I've had to tell a. a <laughs> I had a videographer who just got into a Model 3, like with just the muddiest shoes. I'm like, yeah, dude, what are you doing? Exactly. I'm like, That's we have to the shoot the thing. inside of this car. Are you not thinking? He's like, oh, man, I didn't even like realize it. Because <laughs> he has like, you know, like a Subaru with like, right. so he's just like getting the car like he would his car. I'm like, no, no, we got to shoot this car. And now I got to clean this filth. This is way more filth than, than oh, what the auto people want. I did get the handiest. I'll have to look at him. I got the handiest. Someone from Kia recommended the coolest little hand portable, like, thing to vacuum out like and it's awesome yeah if, if it's really car. bad i'll i'll tidy it up for them yeah. most of the time i keep a very clean a very clean vehicle so when i give it back to them it's like here it's still clean Pretty tidy yeah or i have to wash the car you know mm -hmm. it's a, it's a lot and yeah it's 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 yeah 
So that's what our lives are. Just being paranoid yeah. about the cars we're driving. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> trying try to avoid being hit by anybody. You know. yeah, yeah. And try not to get hit. Oh, that's a whole. Yeah. So. The, pa- the paperwork. It's just. That, the paperwork, man. The paperwork. That was my first accident ever. And not counting like a flat tire or someone stealing the wheels. Yeah. Um, that was the first accident <laughs> I've had. Oh, did a, you have somebody steal the wheels car. off a press car? I had oh, someone geez. steal the wheels off a Honda, the Type R. The one oh. with the little oh, Well, little if you're going to steal wheels. They stole the wheels right off of it. And Boom. I called Honda and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I, was, I wasn't even in the car. They're like, okay. Came out like, Wait they were just like, the car was aging out. It was, it was mileage. I was the last person to get the car. So they were, it was like after me that was being like auctioned off or sold or whatever they do over at Honda right. when they're done with the press vehicles. And so I was the last person to get it, and um, someone stole the wheels right off of it. Right off of it. Goodbye. Yeah, I, I had um, a few years back in San Francisco, I was driving a Navigator, and somebody smashed the uh, left right rear uh, quarter window and reached in and grabbed my backpack out of the cargo area. Um, and oh, my stole, gosh. Stole, stole, my, stole my work laptop, you know. And, oh. Um, so, you know, I had to, you know, get – and I, it was this was like a couple of hours before I was heading to the airport to fly home, and uh, so they um, they uh, I, I had to you know call forward, let them know. I had to call the San Francisco police, report it there, and get a case number, and call the the fleet and you know let them know. So anyway, um, that's it for this week. Thank you, everybody, and we will talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money.